Welcome to another edition of Mass Mats and Ma'am. I'm your host, the Outlaw LA Red. You can find me on Twitter at Justin Harvey75. You can find the entire show on Twitter at MMM Show75. And uh let's say hello to our good friend at Lucha Gringo, the professor. Yeah. Casey, what's going on, brother? Uh what's up? Uh there's like nothing to talk about this week. What's up with people? It like, has been an incredibly slow week in the world of combat sports and professional wrestling guys, and MMA. What, Byron? Hi. I, I forgot my mic was muted. I was trying to burp over Casey. At oh, Byron why Fever. You, you were supposed to not notice that your mic was muted. Uh, hey, hey. Speaking of muting microphones, you guys might not see this or not, but like I went to start the show up this morning and... uh. Yes, we're doing this broadcast in the morning, so forgive us if we're not drunk or delirious or tired because we don't normally go quite this early. LaCroix. Uh, LaCroix. You know what they call that in Kansas City where I've been doing my show? They call that L.A. crotch. Um, (laughs) Sounds about right. But they drink the hell out of it nonetheless. But yeah, I like that they call it L.A. crotch. Um, Yeah, it's been a really incredibly slow, slow terrible awful week of no news or information nothing interesting going on backstage anywhere um i don't know what we're gonna find to to fill this 15 minute podcast with this today guys yeah i don't know man uh shout out to josh pillow you're gonna fucking love this episode bro (laughs) he got some tv time this week by the way i was i was happy to see josh uh i saw that too on the tv and i can't remember if we congratulated him on his wedding or not um so congratulations if you're even listening you know people are going to pwg this weekend Josh they might actually married? listen yeah he yeah. wasn't what uh, no nah, he got married uh like a couple weeks a couple ago weeks ago yeah, yeah. you guys i know i'm just seeing if you know it yeah anyway sure. congratulations from all of us belated sorry these guys took so long to congratulate you josh Dude, i told him i told him already you. i just didn't tell him on the show it's yeah. like I'm doing this so other people congratulate him. Yeah, me too, obviously. (laughs) Um, Look, before we get too too deep into something, I I realized the other day how sweet Mass Republic is. And this isn't uh, a a plug so much as kudos to those guys, because I realized the other day, like with no major promotion affiliation, that Mass Republic is probably doing more for luchadors single-handedly than almost anybody out there right now (laughs) which is just kind of cool so if you guys uh don't know about mass republic get into it um they're really taking care of a lot of luchadors and kevin kleinrock doesn't even speak spanish does he uh he said he didn't on the conan podcast and uh his spanish is way fucking better than mine i was gonna say like my i'm like he's doing better than i am and and to primarily be running a business that that is pertaining to lucha libre and luchadors that'd be amazing if he doesn't really know spanish but maybe that way people just don't try to talk to him like he's fluent (laughs) or something so he can you know not look too terrible but um i just want to send props out to those guys because like what they do and and for some of the knocks that they've taken in the business too to be as resilient as they've been and to keep going and to keep striving and making the big leaps forward that they are 
Um, and I know they've got they've got their big con coming up. What about a year from now in Vegas? Is that the deal? Hey, I'll go. Shit. No, I like I like them announcing something that far in advance. Like, do the promotion, get it out there, and and let it let it have time to build. And uh, so, big props out to the to the guys over at Mass Republic for yeah everything that they're doing. And that just goes to show you too. It's like if you support any type of independent wrestling, or you know, there's workers out there that you like that aren't getting the push or the rub that they should be getting there's there's ways to support them find these outlets like mass republic go to your indie shows buy a shirt reach out to them on facebook uh you know prop up the stuff that you do like there's been plenty of hate on the twitter machines and the the social media this week and we'll get into a whole bunch of it shortly um so but but to combat all the hate like if there's a product out there that you like or that you want to see go a certain direction the the best thing you can do is get involved because Believe me, social media does have an impact. I think that we've seen, uh, I, I think that we've personally seen that with Lucha Underground. There's certainly stuff that guys like us or J-Man or Urban or you know various people have championed that has made its way into mm -hmm. the program, whether whether you think they're stealing your ideas or not. But I think that our, our impact uh, on the business has had a little bit of influence and i think hey, that other people justin, can do this. justin who who um who championed the piece of shit episode this week hey, not justin, me <laughs> justin you, you're you're uh, about to finish making your point i just wanted to make sure we interrupted and stopped it before anyone could actually like get what the point of what you're talking about was fuck yeah Sorry. fist fist bump byron no i'll make a fun of you casey wow you guys are jerks look uh the other the last plug i got to get in real quick is uh I'm wearing my doghouse t-shirt. This is the logo yeah. for the uh, the garage that is uh, on my new show. Woof, woof. Uh, which is no longer called House of Cars. As I said a few weeks ago, that name might not make it through. It did not. It is officially called Gear Dogs. Um, it will be on Discovery Channel this coming Monday, Motor Mondays, for the next couple months. So... Um, you're going to wait for raw on Hulu anyway. So you don't have to watch the whole three hour version. We all know you want to watch the hour and a half version. So instead of watching raw, check out my show gear dogs on discovery channel, uh, starting this coming Monday. That's as much of a plug as I can do. Keep me employed people. Cause if it does well, it means very good things for me that I can talk about later. But, uh, Remember that is Queer Dogs on Discovery Channel. <laughs> no, no, that's Gear Dogs. Okay. How okay. come? <laughs> how come we have something's off my headset? How come Real we long. have no Don't thumbs up in. in the chat and we have one thumbs down? I don't know. Probably because W is in there. I don't know but, who's in there. Uh, he Mr. admitted Krabs that fucked it up. He probably clicked the wrong button. God damn it, Mr. Krabs. Are you actually one of those fucking crab people that does the freak shows that has a little pincher hands and he couldn't put a thumbs up? Uh, Justin, what, what network at what time and what day is your show on? Discovery Channel, Mondays. Uh, I believe we're in the 10 p.m. slot, but because Ooh. a lot of people don't have the, uh, the, the East or West Coast feed or whatever, it could be on at, at any time, depending on if you're in Central or Mountain or wherever, or if you're watching on a, you know, a service as opposed to cable. So I just say watch on Monday nights. It's all Motor Mondays. If you like car stuff, you like all of it look up your local listings for when it's on, but uh, it'll probably be the, the third of the various uh, car shows on Motor Mondays this week. That's and it's sweet. a new show. It's a new show, so it's not surprising they started us off in at 10. I believe Diesel Brothers is probably our lead-in, which is also one of the better um, Discovery Motor Monday shows. But, in my fuck opinion. yeah, Big Daddy Cool. Woo! That, no, not that, not, not that Diesel. 
totally a different uh, diesel. Totally Damn. different diesel. They're they're pretty jacked though. That's, <laughs> that's cool that your show is on on a different night than when my show is currently airing. Your right show now, is still airing yeah. new episodes, right? You still have new episodes? Yeah. We still have new episodes. Uh, we make. How come you don't ever plug your show? Are you not proud of your show, Byron? I'm I'm, I'm very proud of my show. Well, why don't you ever plug it? You've got this <laughs> why venue. Are you, then why are you laughing while you're saying you're proud of it? You've got this venue where tens of people are listening to you every week. So why wouldn't you plug it? Listen, just watch the show Saturdays at 10 p.m. on the DIY. Because no one gets the DIY network, first of all. I get the DIY network. I just don't watch the show. You should watch the show. It's very fun. Well, maybe now that my network is buying your network, maybe you'll get more exposure. Since Discovery Channel just bought out all of the scripts networks or is in the process of doing so. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Justin, that means you're Byron's boss, right? Because I'm pretty sure that means you're Byron's boss. He almost almost was my boss. He almost worked for actual scripts, which would have been cool. But Except for the fact that if Discovery's buying them, I probably would have been out of a job like overnight. I don't like know. Im- like immediately after signing up. Yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, but it would have been cool for like a minute. Well, we could have we could have got him those le- legit boss rings and like some pink sunglasses and shit, and made him wear it for every should podcast. Do we, we talk about the booking mistakes for Sasha Banks? Because no, no, she was have- awesome. You know what's funny? I'll say this. Uh, I just saw this one tweet, and it's a Meltzer thing that actually rings really true, makes a lot of sense. Where he said, uh, "If you know, if you asked me six months ago, the worst way to book uh, like Sasha and Bailey and and them to bury them as much as possible, it would be pretty much the same as what they did the last six months to try and make them stars." So wait, did she drop again this week? I didn't watch. Uh, yeah. Raw. Yeah. She pulled a Sasha Banks and lost the title the next day. She pulled it herself. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, but but, but here's the thing about WWE. Maybe that is the genius of it. Maybe that becomes the thing. And hopefully, like, if they've gone this far down the road, if they keep doing that for like a year, that would be amazing. Unlike yeah. like their whole uh, Charlotte never loses on pay-per-view thing. Like the, the second after they said it and called attention to it, yeah. they had her lose on pay-per-view. How dumb was that shit? Well, if they conditioned you to believe in long-term planning, like there would be a payoff, then I think it would be cool, like you say. But I also think like they're just doing impulsive things where they want, let's do something cool and then we'll just put it back to normal on Monday. Well, while we're talking about it, let's just get it out of the way. Um, uh how I don't know how to put this politely. How how does WWE have something so genius as to have Asuka hold on to her NXT title forever? How do they transition her out of that role? Are they just going to screw her up too? Like I'm looking more and more at the Shinsuke thing and they brought Shinsuke in right the first couple of weeks, but yeah. Now I feel like within what two two three months we're already going to be in the the same old same old world with I, Shinsuke. I like think big Cena thing happened, and then now you know of yeah. course he didn't get the strap right now. The gender experiment's too important. I get that, but like, are are we looking at, for the same thing with Oscar here? How are they going to handle her move? I think Oscar has a built-in advantage in this situation over Shinsuke, in that um, in that she's a woman and she's an attractive like charming woman beyond 
actual cutting promos in English. She has uh, been able to cut uh, promos in Japanese where you don't know what she's saying, but she gets it across. Like much like when we were in the temple and Pentagon Jr. was cutting promos in Spanish and he sounded like the most badass motherfucker, but you don't know exactly what he said, but you know what he said. Like she's been able to get herself across. Well, Casey probably knew, but she's been able to get herself across without having to cut the prototypical WWE in English promo. And so I think she does have an advantage. And I also think even if she isn't cutting promos, she's, you know, an attractive woman who goes out there and is wearing spandex and that's going to get over with the crowd more than Shinsuke is. Right. But she's going to be up there with five other girls that are like that, that have more juice in the back that can talk their way into situations. And she's going to have to start dealing with 50, 50 booking. And for that character and that style, it's going to completely kill her. She's going to be Tamina in two years. I think the 50-50 booking is definitely going to, that's that's going to be the biggest thing that's going to fight against her. I don't think worst case scenario for her, she'll ever get near Tamina. Every time I see Tamina, I'm surprised she's still employed. I don't even know if she learned how to work in the ring. If you've seen her do a splash, she is Samoan. Samoans are born knowing how to be invincible to headbutts and how to do a top rope splash. And when she does a top rope splash, she jumps off the top rope, lands on her feet, and then lies down on someone. I'd like to um, apologize to all our Fijian listeners who, for Byron thinking someone from the Fiji Islands is Samoan. What? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) That kind of thing could get you killed in parts of San Francisco, Byron. Just saying. I I love that that, uh, reaction, Byron. (laughs) Priceless. Um, Anyway, the Tamina Splash... No matter where she's from, it's in her blood. Well, we'll talk a little bit about Mae Young and some of the other women later, because this was also uh, a surprisingly eventful and big week in women's combat sports and wrestling. Um, but let, we'll talk about Mae Young in a little bit. Let's get into... Good, good. I can throw away the catalog of knives that I was looking at while you guys were talking WWE. Okay, Do let's you guys want to... Well, that's why I want to just get it out of the way. I mean, I feel like there's, you know... I'm excited uh, about the May Young tournament. It's awesome. I watched the first four shows. It was hey, great. Hey, who's who's Miz got in the Intercontinental uh, thing right now? Who's he getting? Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Oh God, God no! I just uh, do we know who he's getting in his program yet, Byron? I didn't like. I said I didn't watch the main shows this week. Tito I, Santana. Uh, I did not watch. I saw him cut a fire promo um, with he basically kind of the week before when he cut the promo with Cena and Reigns and he was being used to kind of um, help align them on the right track. He was like trying to help guide the audience to whatever. Um, I don't know who he has. I don't know. All right. Well, Hey, we'll get back. Oh, to hold on. Hold on. Uh, Jeff Hardy, Je- Jeff Hardy's doing it. And oh, I- that's right. Okay. Happy then- birthday, Jeff. You get a, you get Happy a birthday, Jeff. Uh, program. <laughs> and then maybe hopefully uh, that means that uh, someone can be perhaps um, go back to the V1 gimmick. Oh, or- Kevin Cross just liked the, our tweet that we're on live. So he better be listening nice. so we can talk about how he came into the title <laughs> picture at Triple Mania and then he interfered and in all of the and then he got all the belts and then all this great stuff that we've been building for months. Ha- Wait, no, that didn't happen. 
Hey, hey, he he took care of business. That's he did, matters, he did, okay? he did, and I love him, and we'll talk about that soon too. All right, so I'm gonna give you guys the option. Let's talk about Lucha Underground first because we'll spend two minutes on it because that's how long it took me to watch the fucking episode on Fast Forward because I didn't want to see any of that shit. Yeah, it was, uh, you know what's sad about it? I'm going to start off with what's sad about it. It was a one-match show, but that one match, that I, that match was good. And and poor Argenis, um, who is a phenomenal worker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, should have come to the ring with that giant sword, except that this was filmed like 15 years ago. Yeah. Speaking of swords, why is there a Conor McGregor shot in a promo for that big fight where he's just wielding a sword? He's why a not? He's an MMA fighter and he's Irish and he's just holding a sword for why. Well, I'll get into that too, because honestly, I, I think that that's halfway what the real boxing purists expected Connor to do from the way that they talked to him in the opening instructions. It was like they expected Connor to come in like some kind of asshole. But anyway, let's go to Lucha Underground first. Okay. Um, yeah. So a lot of stuff for, first, really you do um, a lot of stuff to say. First of all, let me give you the caveat um, for everyone out there that I am still a fan of Lucha Underground. I know a lot of people have come and gone and there's people who are not that thrilled with it or people that are over it or done with it. I'm going to say that I am still a huge fan of the product. I still know that there's some great stuff coming. Um, I still have a firm belief that at some point season four will happen, though it may really alter the face of what's going to, to be the product after that. Um, but I still think it's a great show. I still think it's better than most of the stuff out there. And I still did not like this week's episode. This one wasn't for me, guys. I just have yeah. to say that. On a, on, a, on a 10 point scale, I give it maybe a two. And that's really, that two goes almost entirely to Marty the Moth and Arhenis for the work that they did. Um, which you was know, awful. I think any goodwill that the show had this week from that match is completely ruined by this Matanza thing that opened the show. Or did it open the show? I think it opened the show, right? Yeah, it was a, that this, it opened this the show. segment felt a little off, didn't it? For the normal. Okay. Great it was work. like a little forced, I think. Okay, whoever fired the good sound guy and whoever replaced him now, give the old guy his job back because those fucking growls that they dubbed in, uh, uh, I felt I felt like I was watching uh, some shitty ass Memphis studio work and that Matanza is going to be feuding with Jerry Lawler over the fucking Southern title. Yeah, that's one can do. It's a power driver match. I, I also have the feeling that that wasn't even the man under the mask doing the grunt. No, no. It was like clearly Evie Dub or somebody in the post-production studio on a microphone like this just going, ah. Honestly, <laughs> after I heard the stock sound effect they used for the, the door opening that was like off of a spooky Halloween. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there, it, no one recorded that. It was some stock sound that they fucking pulled off of like a Halloween sound effects record or something. You okay, know? But, but here's but one can't they use the one they had the last time he growled? Yeah, maybe. But here's one of the things I'll say about it is like when you're working in post-production and you've got great episodes coming up that you want to be working on and you get to an episode like this where you know it's after a huge, huge week and then you know you're going into Ultima Lucha and the 100th episode and things that you want to spend more time on in the edit and the sweetening and you know it's a little bit of a throwaway episode 
it's not going to be the one where you spend your time. Like we've seen these editors and, and the everybody do a great job on other episodes. You can't say that if it was up to you that you wouldn't have kind of phoned this one in as well. Like, mm. I mean, I never would phone anything in Justin because I, I take Lucha Libre seriously. You phoning your whole life, Casey. You phone in. You phone in your face, Rocky Dennis. When it comes down to time and no money, gonna get that. I have to say that I'm I'm happy that this is not the episode that they spent a bunch of time and or money or effort on. <laughs> it wasn't the one. Um, but anyway, yeah. So the the thing we did get out of that segment is that uh, clearly B Boy has been released from his Lucha Underground contract, so Matanza has no more bail bones to chew on. And thusly, he has to be let out of his cage to go and try to destroy Ray at the 100th episode of Lucha Underground, which Byron and Casey were not at, and I was. God damn it. And I have the shirt to prove it. I'm going to get a shirt. I'm going to get a shirt at the next taping that we go to. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, Those guys are getting kind of old, and by the time that that happens, the senility may have kicked in, and they may forget all about your T-shirt that they owe you, Byron. And they have your size sitting around, too. That was the only ones that were left. All the largest were gone like that. Mm. But they have XLs and double XLs or triple XL or whatever it is you wear. Um, triple XL. So triple anyway, I, I, did, I did like what came out of it. But, uh, you know, for that being the scene where Matanza has literally had the most lines that he's ever had in an episode, I was a little uh, disappointed by that. But, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I was still good though. I mean, I'm glad that I'm glad that Matanza's coming back. I, I saw a lot of people questioning uh, out there. Well, shit! If Ray Matanza is happening at episode 100 and not Ultima Lucha, what program does that leave them with going into Ultima Lucha? And my answer to that is, you'll see. <laughs> I know the answer to that question, so I can't speculate on the answer to that question because I actually know the answer to that question. But what do you think would happen? I don't know. You guys weren't at the 100th episode, so I don't know if you guys know what goes on. <laughs> I, I was at Ultima Lucha. I think I know what happens at Ultima Lucha. Okay, so yes, we can't really talk about it, guys. Is the answer to that question? But I think that Good that talk. is. I think that that is the right question to be asking if you are a fan of the product and those guys. Um. So the next match, uh, son of mad, 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 madness. My favorite masked luchador of all time. No, actually, look, Kevin's great, but um, I just don't like this gimmick. I have nothing. I have no issue with the worker whatsoever. Um, I also have no issue with Masquerita. Love Masquerita. I I love the stuff that they do with him. I even like his comedy bits with Son of Havoc. But uh, this match had nothing for me other than the, you know, what is Paul London going to do with Masquerita? I like you know, you know what's funny, Justin? I think this is a good place to shit on um, Son of Madness, uh, even though we'll have another opportunity because he, we get to see him twice this week. I know. I know, because two of the same wrestler is not as good as two of the same wrestler seeing one of them twice. Okay, yeah. you know what, Justin? This is what I'm shitting on. Two of the same wrestler. Um, I think I know whose fault this is because I think the same guy decided to give Marty the Moth a clown gimmick when there were already literally nine other clowns on the show. Oh, yeah, Marty showing up in AAA and a bunch of fucking clowns. Yeah, but don't you want a clown that doesn't actually wear a clown mask? 
like Pagano. Half of them don't wear clown. Pagano doesn't wear a clown mask, dude. He just wears face paint. Okay, so Pagano's pretty good and high up on the card. And and, and if you watch Triple Mania, Psycho Clown barely wears a mask, too. Yeah. Doesn't get really paid for it. We'll get to that, though. Jumping ahead. So, but no, Marty Uh, had a role to fill, right? There was like a gap in the 10 clowns that he was filling, wasn't there? Well, to be fair, there's really only seven clowns in Triple A. you know, including him, there were just three so other mini mini psycho. Yeah, I'm counting mini psycho. So okay, so ten clowns. Right. It was mini psycho. It was the three clowns that were in the lumberjacks, the original payasos. Uh, okay, so that's four. Uh, then you have murder clown. Yeah. Then you have monster clown. Six. Yeah. Those and they're the new tag champs, right? Yep. You have Dave the clown. Dave was awesome. We like Dave. You have Marty the Clown. Marty the Clown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. Yeah. And Ooh. then uh, you have Pagano. Yeah. And you have Psycho Clown as 10. That's a so bunch of fucking clowns. That's not even all the clowns. There's a mini. There, there are minis of the other Psycho Circus members, I think. At least there were at one time. Uh, and, I can only uh, hope that that was some guys doing double duty and that's not their normal mini gimmicks. Oh, God. See, it's hard to tell with the minis unless one's like really good that you can always pick them out. Um, Look, I will say this. AAA certainly has done better with their clowns than WWE ever did. I don't know, dude. Matt Bornzoink, when he was evil, was fucking dope. When he fucking beat Crush with the fake arm and shit, that was awesome. Come on. Mildly interesting, not awesome. It it made parents mad, which made me like it more. Um, Yeah. So anyway, coming out of the Son of Madness Masquerita match, which had an unsurprising conclusion... Um, we get this biker brawl set up, this Boyle Heights biker brawl set up between the two masked men from the open road. Yay. And all I was thinking is as soon as they announced that, like, where's Tank Abbott when you need him? Like, if we're going to do a real biker brawl, can we do like an actual biker rally pit fight where they just dig out a hole in the ground and a bunch of people stand above two dudes who go in and bare knuckles fight like pre MMA. That was MMA, man. You went to a biker rally. And dudes would literally try to bash each other's heads in in a carved out pit in the ground. That's a real biker brawl. I feel like yeah. we should have pitched this. Um, I wasn't there at this taping. And I, I think it's interesting to see the drop in quality in episodes when I'm not there in the audience. I think it says something. Well, DJ doesn't have to live up to your standard when you're not there. So mm-hmm. like I'm just I'm just going to dial it in. I'm going to I'm going to introduce 10 other sons of so it catches up with the clowns. I do right, think it's going to be like uh, Seven Dwarfs, but fucking Son of Madness. If you're going to bring up Tank Abbott, it's a crime not to bring up how he was the strongest. He was the best member of Three Count. Back he fucking the- was. He had his little, his little dot that he would dance in at ringside. He was fucking great. Mm-hmm. Well, I think they put him in Three Count because that's how many teeth he has left. He, they they brought oh. him in to tighten up the choreography. <laughs> okay, it was a great gimmick, though. I'm not going to lie. That really was. Like, back in the WCW is completely out of control days. That was actually very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was like that and the Misfits showing up were, like, the two best things. Yeah. Uh, I love how the Misfits were, like... They were. No, no, no. It was the Juggalos. The Juggalos had come in and start doing all sorts of crazy shit. And one of them... I think it was Shaggy Too Dope who did a moonsault and then Hugh Morris chewed him out backstage because that was his finish. Yes. But it's like if the kid can pull it off, let him. I mean, I don't know. 
Well, nowadays everyone does finishes. Like if you watch the May Young tournament, it's like every match is booked by itself and everyone's doing each other. Like how many spears are you seeing now? You know, it's you know what the surprising thing is, is this is not the only juggalo talk that we'll have today, but we'll get to that later too. Well, um, so let's talk about Marty versus Arhanis real quick. Um, yeah, it was a good match. Look, Marty the Moth, again, we've said it before. I'm going to say it again. This kid, I, I, he is the perfect heel. Like, he's the nicest guy in the world, and you can't do anything but absolutely despise this guy when you see him on TV. Like, there, there is, in a place where it is really hard to get a real heel response, Marty still does it. Like, people love heels in the temple, People don't love Marty in the temple and it's the right kind of not love. It's the totally over kind of heat that you absolutely yeah. want. If you are a top heel in the entire wrestling business. Um, I don't know if a run in as a clown in triple mania really solidifies that position in the world at all. But moments like this where you just absolutely hate him, our comes in and they're putting on a great match. And then within seconds, you've got our just gushing blood <laughs> now and i didn't see i didn't see how that that spot went down i don't know quite if that was a blade i'm sure it was a blade job to bleed like that but um I don't it was know well what that done means. what's a blade job uh, let's, let's let's just skip past Kiss that me. let's just skip past that oh god you're kidding me um but hey you know if you're a mass luchador what do you care if you got a couple extra scratches in your forehead for the rest of time? I don't know. Look at look at uh, Viano three, and uh, he used to blade it. He used to blade his chin, and now he has a butt chin. He didn't before. Um, so, and just to to this was a perfect moment. Like this, I, I hope AAA was paying attention to this because, you know. Arhenis's mask gets ripped a little bit during the mask. He does the job with the with the blade and whatever. He's bleeding. However, however it happened, Casey, he's bleeding. Oh, yeah. And way to switch to close-up when he gets his fucking mask ripped off so you could just see his whole face. Uh, well, but I like... I, I mean, I still liked it was how it was done, and I thought that the blood was a good enough cover-up. I thought the proverbial crimson mask... Um, but it did, you can't say that that even that close up didn't make you hate Marty more. I think they chose that close up because it was like, oh my god, Marty, this isn't even a mask match. You can't do that, you jerk. No, uh, it didn't. It didn't make mm. me hate him more. It made me love him more. I feel like you don't know me that you say such things. Ah. Uh, and uh, yeah, he's lucky the sword wasn't there, or we would have had like an Arhenis kebab. And uh, it would have been like really bad, you know. He would have been a skeleton again. No one wants, no one wants him to be a skeleton again. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Case fade, shit. What? Are, what's a skeleton? Uh, no. Um. I. Oh. Let's just say Arhenis gets more work than some people might think. I just, I just like the next match because it had the most impeccable timing of being featured on Lucha Underground, uh, and. And portraying someone as a face that uh, we'll talk about later. Why can I not mute him when he gets up and walks away? I'll just turn. Uh, he muted. He muted himself. Oh, good. I can see the icon, but yeah, he. Um, yeah, me. impeccable timing. We got to see everyone's favorite wrestler right now, sexy star. Well, but wait, wait, before before we get to that, I just want to throw in that I, I like Marty dangling the the mask in Melissa's face. I liked. <laughs> I like the Phoenix run in this time doing the super kick city on everybody. Mm -hmm. um, and I also like Melissa running up in the ring and like bringing back her, her wow glory. 
because she actually looked kind of tough for a minute there. She and Melissa's yoked. She's more yoked than people might think. Like that girl's got some some muscles. But here is my problem with it. I am starting to actually really like Phoenix as her boyfriend. And I'm starting to wish that that really was her boyfriend because that's a better story than who her actual boyfriend is because her and Phoenix together is kind of cute. Like her and, and the other guy together isn't cute. <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe I, appropriate, but not cute. Uh, all I know is it made me hate social media for a really long time. Um, They're very public uh, relationship. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Super entertaining, though. If you don't know what we're talking about, um, ask Rob Viper. He'll tell you. It's at oh. Rob Viper on Twitter. Uh, well, he'll he be happy to tell you, too, I'm oh, sure. He, he thinks it's hilarious. Um, but, yeah. Uh, okay, so we got Marty. Right. And then, so, we, then, so we had this great match, and then we switch. To a match that surprised a lot of people that would even be on TV this week, considering... <laughs> It moves two storylines forward. They're going to keep it going. So it's like, well, you would, you would think if one of the two people in the match was blackballed, that it wouldn't be, that it would be Joey Ryan, but it's not. (laughs) No, he, he would be blue balled. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, I think people really love seeing this finish. I think it's unfortunate that Taya came in with a fan sign for this certain someone whose name I almost don't even want to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. Let's just get it over. (laughs) star <laughs> star <laughs> perfect timing sexy star um i thought that it it was i i feel like this is very interesting how this is all coming together where it feels like we're leading towards a possible feud with sexy star and taya in lucha underground that would have been filmed what over a year and a half ago or something when that's really um what everyone would love to see in triple a with the real life stuff that's going on but you're not going to get it in triple a all you could possibly hope for at this point in time is like a year and a half old version from lucha underground which obviously won't have the same kind of heat because as far as anybody knows they didn't really have any real heat at the time not any major heat um but i thought it was funny that taya comes in with the sexy sign gets the distraction joey completely obliterates sexy star and then uh I really want to say this correctly. Don't let me mess this up. Then Joey Ryan pulls his lollipop out of his shorts and threatens to put it in sexy star's mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that accurate the way I said that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't write that people. I didn't write that. That is literally a description of what was happening. Um, and I'm, I'm sure Joey probably lobbied for that in the back himself to be the spot. Um, but then of course there's a save freaking ricky reyes cortez castro thinking that he's coming to the aid of a baby face probably trying to be a baby face has picked going back in time has picked the absolute worst week to try to get a face turn by helping sexy star because yeah. i'm here to tell you this is not the week that you're going to get a face turn by helping sexy star boo that greasy dolphin man yeah and if, and if poor joy ryan is trying to get some heel heat Beating up Sexy Star and then getting in a match with Cortez Castro is not the way to do it. I'm sorry, Joey. You're going to be over. If Taya and this 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 potential, you know, if Taya and Sexy Star are going to a feud here, that's going to be really, really weird on TV if Taya is still being portrayed as the heel and Sexy is being portrayed as the face because nobody watching at home is going to agree with that. 
I don't know. Some people are pretty fucking stupid, Justin. That's well, all I got to say. Well, we'll get to that because there's definitely a lot of people defending sexy as much as you would probably not believe that. Um, and we'll get to that because some people are probably going, what What happened? Like, you, if you didn't watch Triple Mania, you may not know what we're talking about. Okay. If you didn't watch Triple Mania, you don't use Twitter and you don't follow anyone who follows wrestling, then you have no clue what I'm talking about. For the other 4,000 of you that hear this podcast, you probably know exactly what I'm referring to. Um, Shit, our numbers are that high? Wow. Well, you know, it's really weird. Our iTunes numbers are through the roof right now. You know, we've, we've been getting solid numbers on YouTube. SoundCloud is, since we started doing YouTube, uh, SoundCloud itself has dipped considerably, but the mm-hmm. iTunes numbers are up just because there's lots of subscriptions, and I, I don't know, we just get big iTunes numbers now, um, which I didn't even realize because I don't, those stats aren't really attached to anything, and they're kind of hard to look up, but... Um, Regardless, um, it, it does it does remind me though that I have to make sure that that even though we're doing video when we initially do these podcasts, that we describe certain things that listeners will not be able to to see later. Anyway, so heading into Ultima Lucha. Well, no, first we're going to get this Ricky Reyes Cortez Castro five zero match, which Dario is called for. What is it called? A five zero street fight. 5-0 street fight, not to be confused with the biker street fight, not to be confused with the Boyle Heights brawl. Okay, be- uh, you you're, you weren't at this one. I was at this one. I will just say this is a better case scenario than what you got this week. Okay, that's good. That's- you, you especially will enjoy this one, Casey. This one is is done the right way. This one is, I think, something that DJ probably had planned for a long time. Uh, there's a lot of foresight and thought that went into this one. And and again, this is another one that I think the hiatus may have hurt because honestly, at the beginning of this season, this was a hot angle. Yeah. Um, and it cooled way too much during the Cueto Cup. Um, maybe it should have been paid off before, but I feel like, you know, we don't know what's going on with Captain Hotness right now. This could tie into a bigger storyline picture because look, Reyes has been outed now. Clearly he hasn't done what Captain Hotness instructed him to do. Um, so is there going to be a repercussion from her? She, she looks like she probably knows more about what's going on in the temple storyline wise than he does at this point. So, um, you know, big, big things could happen here towards the end of this season, because I feel like you're leading towards a backstage payoff that none of us know involving Katrina and Captain Hotness and Cortez and Joey Ryan. And like, I think you're going to see the convergence of a few storylines here. And hopefully this five Oh street fight will help that. I'm, I'm very curious to see what kind of vignettes uh, they put into this match and, and that come out of it in the weeks after, because I think you'll get some good stuff leading up to Ultima Lucha. I feel like somebody's going to fucking die. That's what I and then like. uh, the final match, Son of Madness versus Son of Havoc. Don't know who won, don't care. This is my, probably my second least favorite match ever. Oh, in you know what, Justin? Son of Havoc won because he won a fucking Gift of the Gods medal. Remember when the Rabbit oh, Tribe yeah. Yeah, yeah. won and I said at least it wasn't fucking Son of Havoc? Well, there you go. Well, hey, it could have been something where they tagged together and they both got in, so at least it wasn't that. Um, and I don't know. Does this mean Son of Madness is gone now? Is he eliminated from this? Can we get back on to normal life? I don't know. I, I like this guy. I want to see him have something. No, I like the I'm guy under here. the mask. What's his name? Yeah. Kevin? He's the other Kevin. Yeah, he's uh, – he's. let's go Kevin. Kevin sucks. Uh, he No, dude, Johnny Goodtime. Let's just call him Matt because that was my favorite gimmick of his, man. Yeah. 
Well, and look, he got on air. He had a run. I, I just don't think that this was the best uh, use of him. I'm not. Uh, I'm not a fan of the imposter gimmick or the the clone gimmick of any kind of any fashion, regardless of where it has happened and what promotion. It's just not my thing. So I'll just leave it at that. If there's people out there that enjoyed it, more power to you. I hope you. Yeah, got, go uh, go watch Undertaker. Go watch Undertaker versus Undertaker. You fucks. Ugh, ugh, not a fan. Um, anyway, so that's it. That's Lucha Underground. Uh, I give it a two out of 10 this week. Sorry, guys. Sorry to, you know, the guy, you know, and I hate to shit on it because I really appreciate the work that they put into that show. That just wasn't that, that episode, not for me. I am very excited to see the 100th episode. I think the five Oh street brawl, whatever thing is actually pretty good. I was there live. I'm going to, I'm going to co-sign that as being worth watching next week. Uh, and the following week, I think they're both good episodes. Um, so watch. And then we're going into Ultima Lucha. So there's huge, huge things. Believe me, huge things. Um, so I can't feel too bad about completely shitting on this week's episode. Moving on. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, it gets better. We promise. We promise. It really does. It really, yeah. really does. And and the crappy thing about that is with no season four announcement, you're going to go into probably i'm i'm gonna say that the second episode of ultima lucha trace out of four i'm gonna say that the second episode of ultima lucha trace is probably one of the best wrestling programs you'll ever watch shit wait wait was that the first i thought that was the first i think it's gonna be in the second episode i believe okay okay well Um, the mat the match that we're talking about when you see it and some of the accompanying things that go with it, and there's a few matches too. There's not just the the one. There's like three or four that I think are top notch, like yeah. high level, best indie, super indie stuff you'll see out there for sure. Kind of stuff. I mean, spectacles that you mm-hmm. will be very surprised could be pulled off in front of 400 people in a venue that small with that kind of budget and that kind of time. Uh, amazing work. Big kudos to the workers ahead of time. Keep watching people. I know people are starting to get a little sour on the product, but I'm telling you, the next seven or eight episodes are probably really worth watching. And if um, and if they're not, the last half of those will be for sure. We guarantee it. Yeah. We'll see what you guys think. Like you I was the one at the tapings for the next couple. I enjoyed them a lot. I thought they were really good. We'll see what you guys think when you see it on TV. because uh, you know, sometimes being there live influences you. Uh quick question let's get into triple mania a little bit but i want to ask before we get into triple mania and talk about who was there i'd like to talk about who was not there um alberto el patron what the hell happened there casey like did triple a really try to copyright that name after all this time and then have an issue with him um all i know is everyone was saying he was gonna uh be the person that entered after jeff jarrett in the clusterfuck battle royal and uh no one did you yeah like he didn't it was weird i've i've heard that they were gonna do that and they were gonna tape a segment that was leading into uh the next big gfw pay-per-view which is when he's supposed to come back off his weird suspension thing Mm -hmm. um which is also strange like and him dropping the belt there like the i don't everywhere this guy goes now there's some weird controversy 
you see him in the ring for a couple of weeks. The first two are usually bad. And then by the third or fourth performance, he's usually amazing. And then by the fifth performance, he's gone for some reason. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't even matter what promotion or where. And I, I get to the point where I'm starting to ask myself, like, why do people keep using this guy? If there's always controversy following him, if you can never keep him in the ring for very long, if his performances are so hit and miss, how does he keep showing up places and getting at the top of the game? Does he really have that many friends? Like, is he just the nicest guy in the world backstage or something? Dude, a lot of people do love him backstage and and think he's a, a good dude. Um, I've heard the exact opposite from other people, but... Um, he is a yeah. very polarizing figure. Like, the interviews I've seen with him, um, he seems very affable. He seems like he's really intelligent, that he has a great understanding of the business, that he knows what he's doing, and he's put on some great performances. I, and I've personally gone back and forth from, from the guy being really over with me to, to me just going, why do I ever care about this freaking guy? You know what? I'm going to break it down while he keeps getting hired, right? Is every wrestling promotion is like, we need we need a star for the Hispanic market, right? You know, like every promotion says that. And they're also every promotion's too fucking stupid to try to find one. So they're gonna try to just grab on to somebody that's already been pushed a lot and that people know instead of going and picking a dude like fucking Drago or fucking Phantasma that can fucking work and is in GFW and can talk and uh you know drago we mostly hear him with like kind of a weird monster voice but (laughs) you know it it doesn't matter if he's really talking or not but um you know like instead of taking a chance and making a star out of someone that could go they just keep going with a dude that's got a lot of problems and you know gets stabbed and no shows autism benefits so it's like that was amazing by the way yeah, you kind of, you kind of, you kind of get what you pay for here, but but they're paying more too. That's the thing. If they just use, see, the thing is, I see why you don't want to use a AAA guy because AAA is probably gonna fuck the deal somehow, and then you're gonna have this guy push that just disappears. I understand that, but there's a lot of dudes out there that you could bring in and do a good job with, and you just gotta scout the indies a little bit. Fucking, they, you know, like Laredo Kid. Okay. I would make him a top star. That's a pick right there. Not connected to AAA right now. He's a guy that I would make a top star. And everyone in the chat room's probably like, yeah, Laredo Kid's the shit. If you don't know who Laredo Kid is, fuck you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> he is the shit. Which, by the way, in the chat room, I noticed that Mr. Crab says that he found this podcast because of the uh, why these episodes matter spots that we appeared in on El Rey Network. <laughs> which is amazing because our, our tag for the show is so brief that you would have to like totally freeze frame it to even be able to type in our Twitter handle to find us. But Hey, look, I guess advertising works. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something. Disco stew doesn't advertise. Let's move on. Um, so, okay. Let's talk about, let's talk about triple uh, a triple mania 25 anniversary episode. Um, first thing I'm going to say about this before we shit on various parts of it is I was highly entertained and that whole sometimes for the wrong reasons though. Well, you got to say that I I don't disagree. And that's part of like, 
you know, we'll talk a little bit about KG, but that's part of what I hope KG uh, takes away from all of this. Uh, the OG Kevin Gill, who was one of the commentators who you can hear on Conan's podcast, and he has his own podcast. Uh, I, don't, I don't think so around. anymore. I don't well, think he's going to be on that podcast anymore. You never know. I don't know. Their heat is whatever. But um, the, the thing that, that I, I hope he takes away from this, and I hope a lot of people take away from it, is like, look, you're watching this stuff to be entertained, and there's no way that if you even halfway know what's going on, if you watch that triple a triple mania that you weren't entertained by the spectacle of it. And we're getting this on the same day as Connor and Floyd. So I'm sitting there waiting for Connor and Floyd to come on. Like I was watching part of triple mania on Twitch in my car, driving to where I was going to watch the Connor fight. And then I'm sitting there and I'm surrounded by people and I've got a headphone in and I'm watching on my phone triple mania the whole time and i'm just like laughing and people are like oh what are you watching some funny cat memes or something i'm like no i'm watching mexican wrestling and it's great and people are just looking at me like i'm insane but i was having a better time than everyone else there who was just all worried about the connor floyd thing or watching some super shitty undercard boxing (laughs) something that boxing still can't get right where ufc is clearly superior whether you like boxing more or mma more you have to admit um, UFCs are worth watching start to finish. Boxing is not. Um, anyway, so and I'm just sitting there and I'm just watching these crazy things happen. And uh, I didn't get half of what was going on. Kevin Gill certainly wasn't helping me on the commentary. And I like KG, but this was not his finest moment uh, as any participant in the wrestling world. Uh, honestly, he's lost any goodwill I had towards him. And I was telling people to catch the show because I thought he would do a good job. And I want to say I'm sorry to all those people. Yeah, Casey to- said it on the show. This is one time where Casey got it wrong. He had high yeah. hopes for, for KG's commentary, which surprised me because I didn't think that Casey was really a fan of anyone who was into Juggalos. Um, no, you know what? Willie Max, the fucking chocolate juggalo, and I love that guy, man. Wow. He doesn't call himself that anymore, but he used to. Uh, and yeah, he he was the shit. And uh, dude, nah, it, it's being a shitty announcer is being a shitty announcer. Because you know what? I fucking hated the job Matt Stryker did two years ago. But um, luckily, we only got to hear about ten percent of it due to technical issues. Uh, okay, but now look. So but this was so- worse. KG's argument for not being so good was that he didn't have a format card. They weren't doing any on-screen graphics. And I believe Stryker's year, they actually had on-screen graphics. Um, yeah. But Stryker, to his to his defense, certainly knew more about the product. He definitely did, but he said a lot of stupid, smarky shit that I didn't like. Right, and, right. And, uh, and, he, and he got shit on by uh, for that by a lot, a lot of people. There were a lot of people that weren't fans of it. It wasn't what they were expecting from it. I think they expected a calmer, more New Japan style of commentary almost, where he was just kind of explaining things to the audience and opening up the new audience. And I think that uh, on for what Triple H should do moving forward is that's what they need. When they do American commentary, they don't need necessarily the most exciting commenters, but they need someone that can inform a new audience. Because really, with the whole Twitch experiment, that's what they're trying to do. And they had a great show to do that with. And if you have someone there who... and, And KG possibly could have even been that guy, but KG couldn't have been that guy on two or three days' notice. No, but you know what? He could have done a little bit better, though. I could have been that guy on two or three days fucking notice. All you got to do is Google some shit like the, like the Yave de Gloria match that they had the two matches that they had first with the tryouts. You would have been, you would have been great for this, but could you have done it without cursing? 
Would they have needed me to? I, yeah. I probably, yeah, I mean, I could have done it without fucking cursing. See, uh, you can't even say the sentence without cursing in it. Yeah, no, but I can do it. I've done I've done announcing before. And Casey, I this podcast curse. didn't used to have an explicit tag until you came on. I'm sorry I'm passionate about the sport of Lucha Libre, Justin. I'm sorry. Well, look, for the guys at Twitch and for the people listening out there, if you want another tall, lanky, white dude to take a shot at it next year, pick uh, pick the Professor Casey over here over KG. I dude, think pick, pick all three job. of us, dude. We'll do the MMM commentary. Byron will start talking about WWE like halfway through the show. Well, I can then, definitely mess up the names plenty good. That would be awesome. I, no, I, and he was, he, you know, it was funny because he was saying that he thinks all the negativity towards him is due to his pronunciation. It's not. It's no, due to you not knowing who guys that have been on the roster for fucking years and are, like, main players in the promotion. Here's, here's, where, he lost, here's where he completely lost me. Like, I was on and off with him the whole show, and then we get to the final match, and he's got a moment in a big, big freaking moment where Dr. Wagner is going to take his mask off. Dr. Wagner starts his promo with bien, 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 bien. and kg doesn't know that that's his catchphrase why is he saying bien if he doesn't if he's taking his mask god damn it okay i first, don't know if that was meant to be a joke or what like he better say that that was meant to be a joke because oh. because kg as unfamiliar is as he is with triple a claims to watch lucha underground he's been in the fucking temple i've met him there it's right. like come on oh god damn it and you know what Oh, Byron, Byron, are you, you having made it farther talking? than me? I'm not. Ha- I'm right here. Oh, can you hear, hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. I had you turned down. It was so nice, Casey. We got through like 20 uh, minutes without hearing Byron. You, you know, you know, I'm Justin, right you made it way farther in than I did because. Um, Were you switched over to the Spanish by then? I switched over too. When I, he I said, think- "Here comes a famous luchador," and then just was quiet when <laughs> someone walks in, it's like, yeah. Um. Yeah, shit. Who Known was it? Worldwide. What are you talking I, about? Okay. I know I switched before he didn't know who the clowns were. I know I switched before that, but he didn't know who fucking Dave the Clown is. The guy with the most interesting story in all of AAA of how he got hired. He got his job by doing a shoot run-in during a match. That's fucking amazing. Yeah, Dave's awesome. Yeah, Dave Dave is the shit, and, and he took pictures with Marco, so bonus points. <laughs> I'm also not going to say that that I necessarily know a ton either, Like, I don't know that I would have, well, I probably would have done a better job just because I would have watched every piece of tape that I could have, and I would have talked to you and Lucha Blog and anybody I knew that knew anything about AAA before I went into something like that, even on three days notice. But but I'm not going to say that I'm more educated about AAA or Lucha Libre than Kevin Gill. I am going to say that I am. I would have done a better job than that. <laughs> I'm going to mm-hmm. say that I am, and I'm going to say that you are, Justin. And I'm going to say that Byron is. Maybe. I'm even going to say fucking W is if he's in the chat. You know what? W There's is a, in the chat. And he, no, he and actually, it. he does know a lot about Lucha Libre. Uh, but there, you know, there are people more qualified for the job than any of us would have been. I'm just saying that we would have sucked a lot less. But I just thought he would have done his homework more. Like, and that's why we were excited about him doing it. Cause he seems like the kind of guy that would go out there and get the information. Dude, do you know how much fucking prep I did for a show that never even happened? Yeah, like absolutely. that I might've announced for it. Like seriously, like well, I yeah, did- like as soon as you hear like, Hey, you might be an announcer on this show. What yeah. do you do? You like you, first thing you say is what's the card? Who's on it? Is there anyone big coming in? Like what, what can't I say? 
Who am, what's the surprise? Like these are the things any good announcer is going to ask, and then they're going to say, "Oh, okay. So what's the what are you trying to get over about this guy?" And then you're going to say, "Okay, can I see some tape? What what what's his finisher?" You know what what move sets does he normally use? What style does he wrestle? Like, you at least want those three points about every single guy on the card. You want to know, you know his what? finisher. You want to know his move set. You want to know his style. You want to know if the promoter's got an angle for him. You have to know those those three or four things if you're going to announce any show. See, that's if you want to do like a super good job. But if you just want to do passable, uh, how about knowing who is who? That's important. Okay. Um, yeah, the Yave de Gloria match, they announced people in Spanish. Maybe pay a little bit of attention. You might pick it up. But um, also, there were graphics uh, online that Cubs fan found. Lucha blog. Uh, fucking tweeted it. That's how I knew who everyone was. I looked at a yeah. picture with everyone's name on it for two minutes, and then I, I was able to tweet the whole match knowing who everyone was. Was it Lucha blog tweeting at him? Like, hey, here's the information of the match. Like, yeah, yeah, and um, did want international help. service on his cell phone down there, did he? Oh, shit. You know you what? You should get Wi Fi in arenas, though. But I know oh. Lucha Blog was like, anytime something happened, he goes, This is, these are the people. And now he's, uh, now Gil's taking the shit talking Lucha Blog anywhere he can on Twitter. Uh, what, well, which yeah, is Conan like, and, and Kleinrock didn't help that, or Conan straight out used Lucha Blog at the beginning of his show as a source to tell like, look, I mean, Conan basically said it and it's true. Like, here's a guy who could give two shits about you. If you've done good, he'll say you've done good. If you've done bad, you've done bad. And Lucha blog says you've done bad. He's completely unbiased. And he says, you shit it. <laughs> you shit the bed on it. And, and, you know, props to Conan for, for using Lucha blog as that source. Cause it's completely true. If you want something to be as accurate as possible, he tries to get his facts straight. He does have an opinion. He will share that opinion and he'll tell you the facts for that opinion. You know, and he shit on Kevin because he's a fan of Lucha Libre and he knows that Kevin did not do the product justice, did not do the workers justice. It's just that simple. Nah, dude. And it's like, you know, there are so many people that are out there that are really good minds for Lucha Libre. You got, you got Lucha blog, you got Rob Viper, you got, you got Fredo and uh, Kurt from uh, Lucha worlds. Like they're, they're all really knowledgeable dudes that if you don't get them to commentate, maybe you can get them to fucking prep your guys. I don't know. But, right. you know, even if the promotion doesn't give a shit about what their English commentary comes off like, it's it was still the worst commentary I've ever seen. And I lived through the Rob Bartlett era of Monday Night Raw, okay? <laughs> I was going to say, come on, there's been, some, there's been some pretty awesome ones out there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, yeah. hopefully this gives uh, gives everyone a, a, who shits on Stryker more of an appreciation for Stryker because I'm nah, a Stryker fan. You know what? I I think Stryker gets too much shit. I think yeah. sometimes he deserves shit and he gets it, and sometimes he gets too much shit. But you Stryker, know why I don't, you know why I don't think he deserves the shit though? Because I feel like of the guys out there, he's one of the few that's trying to actually do something different. Like if you turn on WWE, do you know the difference between Todd Phillips and like, like half those guys sound the same and it's like the same compendium of guys. It's like, you know, uh, a super straight man that sounds exactly the same as all the (laughs) other ones. Uh, and a pretty faced black dude with too much cream on his skin and a heel, you know, it's like, how how boring you got a little you got a little specific in there yeah come on because it <laughs> describes all the 
color commentary guys. Oh, let's take it easy using that word. Come on. Okay, fine. Tokens. Yes. Oh, oh, tokens. Come on. Booker T is a fucking legend. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Whatever. Yeah, but <laughs> I don't dispute quick, that. Quick. I don't dispute that, and I don't dislike him for doing it at all. But ask yourself why he's there. It's, I miss I miss it's a, the, uh, stale, it's a stale formula. And the thing I like about Stryker is whether you love him or not, he is committed mm-hmm. to his own style at this point. He does his corny jokes, he does his puns, he does his his total non sequitur pop culture references that only guys in my age bracket will get most of the time. Um, and then they wonder why their numbers skew high on Lucha Underground. But it's like he is owning it. And he's not trying to yeah. do what all these other guys are trying to do. And it just irks me. And now it's, and, and I also feel like GFW has gotten to that point now where they're mimicking the same stale WWE formula. Why do yeah. that with, at the announcement? It's because like all of these other groups other than Lucha Underground are just hiring like old WWE production crew that got released. And so they're yeah. doing the same shit. Do you know how nice it was to hear Lita on the Mae Young Classic, even though she was not very good at commentary at all? It was just refreshing to have someone who was kind of fumbling their way through it, but she was doing a very natural take on it. She was just kind of calling what was in front of her. She wasn't overprepared. She wasn't overhyping. She didn't have to read a bunch of dumb storyline cues. She didn't have somebody buzzing in her ear the whole time. You could tell she just went out there, talked about the product as best as she could, and that was... So refreshing to hear somebody actually do mediocre commentary. You know what's funny about May Young, the May Young tournament? So Lita's doing her thing, but JR was also like JR is a legend. Yes, but but the caveat but, is you don't have to call out the differences between men and women all the time. Yeah. That is sexist as the fact that there are the differences, JR. JR sounded like he was that one racist uncle who yeah. telling you about like the one black guy he knows that can I've re- got a black him. friend. He basically did yeah. the entire commentary He's from like, the I've got a black friend thing. I know women. Women yeah, are like, awesome. I know I know a woman who knows how to vote. Oh my she God. walks out of the kitchen. It's great. Um, guys, uh, you know, I don't know hey what man, you're, you're talking not about because I heard WWE and I left, but uh, is there any truth to the rumor that Matt Stryker uh, begged begged uh, for season four not to be renewed so that he didn't have to lose to me in the wrestling name game? That might be true because there is still that challenge. It, it does require, however, that there be a season four so that the parking lot wrestling name game challenge between the professor Casey and Matt, the teacher striker uh, can happen. So the real question is, is the professor smarter than the teacher? Look, I've got so many degrees, bro. That's all I got to say. I got fucking MFA. I got MA, got a BA working so. on my team. If you guys wonder what we're talking about, by the way, go back to our episode with Matt yeah. Striker and check it out because that challenge was issued and accepted. So we're going to hold that. And, and, and kind of back down from a little bit at the end. Uh, but I think, he, I think he was surprised you. with your knowledge base. I think he throughout the course of the conversation, I think Matt was just like, oh, these guys aren't just a bunch of dumb marks. <laughs> yeah, you know, all you know, of us are smart. You know, um, I'm su- I surprise myself sometimes. Um, but you know, an unconscionable amount of dumb shit. I don't even know <laughs> why. Like, it's not useful in any way. It's made me zero dollars in life. Well, uh, maybe maybe you can put a side bet on it with Striker and actually make some money from it this time. Okay, you better give him fucking uh, Connor's odds if you guys are gonna bet. 
Yeah, really. Because Floyd, Floyd Harris is going to take well, it. Well, I, I do want to talk about that, but let's talk. Let's finish up this AAA conversation because there's a few other finer points that we didn't talk about. I really liked the uh, what was the match? A mini Psycho Clown Hernandez, uh, Big Mommy Mamba on one team and one other person yeah. on that team, and then uh, Mascara <laughs> de Bronze, um Dynastia was that yeah. who was on the team too? Yeah. Big yeah. Mommy. You're basically you're basically Kevin Gill in terms of pronunciation. I'm you know uh, I'm not trying, and I'm also trying to remember the Hydra. Off the, top of my head. the Hydra that he keeps. That Hold he on, keeps, I've got a oh. sheet here with all the. I got a sheet somewhere that. Has okay, I got to talk mind. about this match while you're doing that, Justin. But I like this match. Uh, it was yeah. all I was going to say. It was the first yeah. match on the main card, and I really enjoyed it. It was kind of crazy. It, this was the looseness that I expected from the yeah. other matches, which went way too far. But I liked it in this match. And Gil, Gil got Mamba and Hydra confused, so he was calling La Hydra, who is um, clearly not a transsexual man pretending to be a woman. Uh, Called her an exotico Rudo. Uh, I I I, mm. I just I just wish someone would have sh- just told Sangre Chicana about this because we wouldn't be we wouldn't be having Kevin Gill do his little tweets angry about <laughs> this stuff now. Who was the other exotico? Uh, Divine Stars. Yeah, yeah, Estrella Divina, um, who is an exotico that got implants. That's like, so hot. Like Goldust so wanted to. You know, Which we were to- part of why you gotta love AAA. Like, if you don't want some of that, like if you if you don't find some of that to be completely outrageous and entertaining, then AAA might not be for you. Because over the years, there's been a ton of that. You know, AAA is not for a lot of people. And what mm-hmm. sucks is though, I think it is for a lot of people, and they would have got turned off by the shitty announcing and maybe not fans because of that. Like, I think it, I I do think that. Like there's bad announcing, but I do actively feel like it was damaging the show's potential to yeah. reach a new audience. Um, because not even knowing who the people are, who are you gonna know to watch the next time there's a show? Um, I, I I I gotta say I fucking loved the uh, the main event more than anything. Uh, well, and I like that too. Yeah. We'll, we'll, I mean, we'll get to that too, but. I just want to say that I thought that uh, Big Mommy and Hernandez, their spots in this crazy match were awesome. Like Big Mommy coming off the top and splashing everybody. That was awesome. Like, come on. That was just fun. That's actual fun stuff. And then um, the tag match with uh, a couple of clowns, Murder Clown and Monster Clown, right? Mm-hmm. Or Yeah, it was Murder and Monster. And then uh, the GFW team, like, were they even there? Uh, dude, uh, I don't know. DJZ had his entrance was so fucking over. The fans were loving him. And then he's like barely featured in the match. Yeah, I was very surprised, too, because he's a really good worker. And I don't even really know the other guy. Oh, Andrew Everett. Everett. He's pretty good, dude. Yeah. um, Me and Byron saw him at Bola a couple years ago. He was he did some good stuff. Yeah, I get I get Andrew Everett and I get um, uh, what is it? Um, Andrews. I get maybe Manchers, uh, Trevor Lee. Oh yeah, Trevor Lee. And um, and the oh, now I'm even forgetting Dave. Uh, this the, he's in New Japan and he's the son. Uh, Dave I'm, Finley. I get and Dave Finley sort of all like they're all the same person to me. They all like look the same. They are they're all like mid-sized they, white guys that can can go a little bit. 
Yeah, so Mandrews is not in that group because he's very it's different not looking. It's not Mandrews. Yeah. No, no, no. I yeah. know Mandrews. Mandrews, I think, I think looks like a giant rock star spud. Um, but the other ones, they all look like they all look like the same like white guy wrestler who doesn't look like a guy wearing tights. He looks like a guy walking around in his underwear in public. Looks Amazing. like looks like Chris Hero lost some weight. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit and height. Well, so they were in it, of course. Uh, Aerostar and Drago were in it, and then yeah. who was the fourth team? Case, dude, you're as you're asking me the shit, and I'm pulling a gill because I didn't think we were gonna go match by match. Today. No, I just uh, I, I'm and I don't want to go match by match. I left out all the pre the pre card stuff, but um, anyway, oh god, I just want to talk about Aerostar climbing up on that that rigging. That was not OSHA approved, guys. That was fucking stupid. That and was a crazy stupid spot. They didn't even really have the wide shot when he jumped off, which I couldn't yeah. believe. I was like, oh my God, you put that guy all the way up there. You're doing this crazy X division, like X championship spot off the scaffolding. <laughs> and then you don't even get the shot. Aerostar like puts himself in harm's way to splash everybody from the, like, and it was so random too. Like, yeah, of course you have no explanation storyline wise of why the entire scaffolding is coming down to him. And then it goes up like it would have been awesome if they had shown somebody backstage who was doing that for him or work some kind of angle or whatever. But it's just random. The whole scaffolding comes down to the lighting rig comes down to Aerostar. He gets on it. The, the lighting rig then goes back up like 60 freaking feet for Aerostar to eventually get his splash spot where he comes down on everybody, which was awesome. God was bless awesome. the guy. But uh, I just wanted to point that out. And then the uh, a bunch of fucking clowns win the belts. But also, as far as how you build the match, he did that amazing thing. And then the match kept going for a long time. Like, it didn't even matter. Yeah. I mean, it was uh, a high spot that wasn't quite in the right place. But it was the right thinking. And, hey, I oh, remember. Oh, God. Um, the one thing that I got from that spot is poor, poor fucking monster clown who no one else caught Aerostar but him, <laughs> and he caught him with his fucking chest. chest. That had to suck. <laughs> oh, my God. Poor fucking monster clown. Yeah, Aerostar's uh, uh, split vagina hair above a mini size, but at the same time, coming down at terminal velocity still hurts. <laughs> yeah, I'm the I'm the reason that we're, we get the explicit tag when Justin's talking about split vagina hairs. Hey, that's a uh, scientific uh, word. That is those not aren't a curse words. Word. Uh, yeah, but we know what you really meant. Um, All right. Well, look, I try to keep it scientific. So, um, okay, we got to talk about the uh, the Reynas match. We have yeah. To talk about it. Um, I've got a lot on this, Justin. What uh, th what the ever living fuck? There's your explicit tag right there. I okay, do can, not. Can we, can we start with the pre-show event? Please do, because the, the photograph thing was a mess. The match was a mess. The aftermath is a mess. It's still a mess five days later. Talk okay, about it, Casey. So, so Tyus on talk is Jericho, right? Like, uh, you know, like a week ago, like before this, and says, my friend Lady Shawnee's in the match. I hope she kicks Sexy Star's fucking ass. And, uh, well, no one likes Sexy Star. And... Uh, Basically, Shawnee did try to kick her ass during the match, uh, and things got a little stiff. The whole match fell apart because as soon as um, Sexy Star gets hit for real when it's not in a fake boxing match, she, uh, she freezes up and starts complaining outside of the ring, so she missed every spot she was supposed to be in. Uh, and 
you know, uh, Rosemary hit her with a trash can lid. It looked a little stiff, but it's something anyone should expect in a match that you're sw- you're, uh, you're, oh, no, no, no. It was Ayako that hit oh, her not- with a trash can lid. Amada-san, hi. Kind of hard, but hey, strong style, motherfucker. She, uh. You know, and, um. The funny thing is, when Sexy Star swung back, Hamada got her arms up like a smart person, and uh, and didn't get hit in the head. I but, mean, this is one of the problems with once a once a match goes stiff like this. Once you know everyone's shooting on each other, the problem then becomes now everyone's shooting, punching and hitting for real, and no selling. It's yeah. like all of a sudden the punches get harder than your average match. The look of the whole thing gets stiffer than your average match, and yet everyone's standing there like. Ugh. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I don't think Hamada was really shooting because Sexy Star is still breathing. Um, <laughs> but um, this this whole thing happens. Rosemary didn't really do shit. Like she was in the match, but she wasn't hurting anyone. And she gets put in an armbar by Sexy Star. Taps out as she's tapping out. Sexy Star <laughs> cranks on the armbar harder. Shoot, pops mm-hmm. her arm. And yeah, it's, you know, people fear an injury when you get your arm popped until you get it looked at. It really fucking hurts. Um, Sometimes you can just pop them right back in and you're fine the next day. Right. Or sometimes it just makes the pop and you're fine. And, you know, but it's sore as fuck for a couple hours afterwards. Uh, I was the only white belt in my jujitsu class for a while, like that was beginning. And I got I got arm barred a few times. Sorry to hear that. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, you know, you if you're expecting it to be a fucking worked wrestling match, you're not going to try to get out of the arm bar, especially when you already tapped and the ref's supposed to, like, pull the other person off of you. And I also wonder, like, clearly I know Sexy was going to go over, but I wonder if that was supposed to be the finish to put her over or if they just looked at Rosemary and like, we're going to the we're going home with you instead of whatever Hamada or Shani, because it just wasn't going to work with them at that point in time. Like, oh, I, I, I felt, wonder if that was a switch. I don't know. I think I thought Rosemary GF was there for the person. job. Yeah, yeah, I thought she was there to lose the match. She's out uh, of promotion. Um but I also like something that I started noticing when I started watching New Japan in Shinsuke matches is he goes for that armbar because he has MMA experience and he never actually like gets the armbar clean unless he's going to win or someone's already in the ropes. And right. I think that's an important thing in wrestling matches when you're working that kind of armbar because that armbar you don't sit in for an hour. It's one of the most dangerous armbars. You guys probably know. Well, yeah, if, if you're torquing it back, if you're actually pulling it or twisting the wrist while you're coming back so that the elbow straightens out the other way, yeah. and then you're pulling it back, that's when it becomes dangerous. And but it's a lot of work because you have, to, you have to drive your pelvis into their elbow too to really tweak it, and that's what happened here. But here here's yeah. what happened, and that people don't, what people don't realize is um, there is a difference between an arm bar and a wrestling cross arm breaker. Yeah. A cross arm breaker, the joint is still here. And even if you pull it, it's going to extend the right way and you're not going to lose it. And an arm bar, there's actually a twist to the arm where you're trying to come across the elbow, which then makes the shoulder lock up more, which is either going to pop the elbow or pop the shoulder. That is exactly what Sexy Star did. And people said, well, it doesn't look that extreme. She's not in it for very long. She's not. It doesn't look like Ronda Rousey doing it. But the difference is when Sexy Star leans back with it and turns her arm and then comes back and puts the leg up over the shoulder, 
Rosemary then has no control. The entire arm is extended as one solid limb and yeah. one little pop, one direction or the other. And just even that fake shaking on it or whatever could easily injure your opponent, which is why you don't do real arm bars and you do instead a cross arm breaker. Right, right. And I've seen people get their, you know, I know people who've broken people's shoulders with this arm bar. I know people that have popped arms and fucked people up pretty bad with this stuff. And uh, they all know they did it too, which is the, the next funny thing. So this goes viral. The whole wrestling industry finds out about it. Sexy star goes on the show. That's kind of like dancing with the stars in Mexico. And she's going to tell her side of the story. Which her, <laughs> her side of the story is poor me. Everyone hates me. People online are trying to victimize me. I don't know if the girl was hurt. I was just there doing my job, which is winning a match. So she, she kayfabe the whole shooting thing and then made herself the victim and then said, I don't know if she was hurt. Okay. Um, uh, you know. Now, now, if you put someone in this arm bar and pop their arm, you can feel it happen. And it, you don't always hear it. If it's quiet and there's not an arena full of people, you can hear it too. It's pretty fucking gross sound. Doesn't sound good. I've been in the presence of this happening. It does not. No. Well, and the extent the extent of whether or not somebody's hurt does not justify whether or not you're working safe. And the simple fact of the matter is, and as much shit as Sexy Star has taken, all these girls were wrong. And let me let me tell you something else though, Justin, which is e that makes her even more of a bigger piece of shit. Because no one's arguing that she's not a piece of shit except no for her, is. basically. Um, well, there's a few people, but she yeah. she went she went and started telling people it was just a work, and uh, so they wouldn't be mad at her. And then that's when Rosemary did her statement saying it's not a fucking work, and the only reason I didn't try to kick the shit out of her after the match is because I didn't want to go to a Mexican prison. And trust me, you don't want to go to a Mexican prison. I learned enough from fucking Gator, the skateboarder. Don't go to Mexican prison. Yeah. So the moral of the story is, and this is where it becomes weird, is that sexy star on this side of the border, and it's kind of made a, a divide here, is pretty much blackballed because anybody, any especially indie promotion that hires her or brings her mm -hmm. in at this point is going to take so much heat from the smarks that it's not worth it she is now devalued so if it was a work uh kudos to triple a for locking up one of their main talents and not and keeping her off the indies because she's not going to get jack up here she's probably not going to get any work in england um or germany anytime soon hey you know you guys say this but and she's I, been taken off of shows already by the way for people who are still yeah. questioning whether or not this was a work if this was really a work as soon as she got taken off of shows and money started coming out of her pocket believe me even vampiro yeah. would have made a call on her behalf honestly um, though justin yoshihiko she i'm, I'm sorry yoshiko yoshihiko's yoshiko. the blow-up doll yoshiko <laughs> still gets work um and if you haven't seen the yoshiku yoshiko shoot Look it up on YouTube. Look up uh, Act Yasukawa, Yoshiko Shu. I believe, I believe Sexy Star will still get work too. And I think even maybe stateside, eventually she'll get something if she wants it. But she was already not really getting into this market very well in the first place. And I think this pretty much solidified it. Um, A couple know. promotions came out. Uh, I think literally I saw two came out and said they're canceling or not booking her. And Yeah, one, she was I just think, starting yeah. to pick up more yeah. indie dates and they got canceled already. And I think you know Wrestle what? Circus um, even, like, and then Wrestle Circus her. came out and said that they were they they feel bad that they didn't talk about how unprofessional she was when she was there. I mean, they you know what? said that. That's pretty and, bad. 
you yeah. know what? It's pretty bad, but it's also a key to the enabling in the wrestling business because a lot of people did that. A lot of people in promotions that we like and we talk about on this podcast constantly have done that. And you know what? All those people, this is kind of on you too because you enabled this to happen by letting her get to where she is. Well, and, and that's that. But see, part of the issue is, especially when you're dealing with an indie or even a super indie, it's like, okay, the person came in for one day and you yeah, don't want to bury them again, right? Like, you don't want to bury somebody over one day. Maybe they had an off day. Maybe mm -hmm. there was some real heat backstage with somebody. Maybe it was just a, you know, the booking that you thought was going to be good as an indie promoter just wasn't right. It's hard to make a determination that one time. And even if people are talking shit in the locker room, you know, or backstage that th there can be any number of reasons why that happened. Like, Hey, maybe the girl didn't put out the night before to a bunch of dickheads in the locker room. Like, you don't know, like all sorts of crazy fucked up carny shit happens out there on the road and, at, you know, making towns. So I think that a smart indie promoter isn't going to just crap on a talent's whole career. Cause that, that also might get them heat too, from other promoters and other performers. Like, if she's booked two weeks later with some other wrestler who you do like, and then you crap on her all of a sudden, then that wrestler that you do like may lose her opponent and lose money. You know, there is a ripple effect to it too, where you have to be careful. So there is, there's a reason for those protections, but yes, in, in certain situations like this, sometimes it takes one big event for then now everybody like her Lucha underground colleagues who worked with her for a couple of years and other people and you know, all over the business are now jumping to Rosemary's side, saying how she is a quality individual in the locker room, in the ring. You see what people really think of her. And then you see what people really think of sexy star people who have been afraid to comment on her for a long time, you know, including several Lucha underground co-stars mm -hmm. are just like, this person is awful. She's always been this person. We never liked her. She shouldn't be around. We're fine with the fans and the promoters blackballing her. Like I've never seen that quick and overwhelming a response yeah, by yeah. that big and, a section of the wrestling community to just say a worker was a complete garbage human being. Yeah, and I want to say fuck you to all the people that said I didn't like her just because I hated women. Because Casey was right. Fucking hashtag Casey was right. And uh, yeah, I but they could be right too. Uh, no, they're not. And, uh, because there are a lot of women in Lucha Underground that I would have loved to see get her push instead. But, um, I just want to say one of the people that kind of came out and said shit was Road Dog, And, uh, he's, he's pretty fucking high up in WWE right now. Yeah. So she's yeah. not going there. Nah, no, no. <laughs> when a guy who's basically one of the, the heads of creative basically no, now, like right? He, he, I think he writes smackdown right right so more that yeah. guy and says, he was basically just like um i don't know who this little girl is but uh, she'll never work anywhere near me or any yeah. promotions i have anything to do with and his reach is not just wwe too i mean he's got some some pretty big uh friends that are promoters in mid mid-south area like all no, around and, the and cody cody rhodes said that and he you know his, he works also on from a, a very large family that works in the business all over the place yeah dude and fucking cody said she's not gonna be he'll refuse to work on any shows that she gets booked on and you mm -hmm. know cody gets booked on all the shows that are writing lucha underground's nuts and just yeah, want to use all their people so she's i mean he's a top talent in super indies he's a super yeah. indie top talent He's on every show, yeah. every big show now. Yeah, and she's not going to be. But I believe that AAA will keep using her. Um, 
Oh, I think they'll end up punishing Shawnee over this, honestly, because AAA is stupid. Maybe. They're, they really are 10 to 20 years behind everybody else, and it's like they're still running things in an old way. And look, let's be honest. There's, there's a reason why Sexy Star thought she could get away with something like this, because this is not the first time this has happened, people. Like, as much as she was wrong... Don't think that there haven't been other times and situations where people who have been equally as wrong and have done even worse things than this have completely gotten away with it. And this is part of the culture in AAA. Like if you look at some of the stuff that was going on with the Apaches and other women in the business over the past couple of years, you'd mm-hmm. be equally shocked and horrified. Yet Fabby's fine right now, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, but see, Fabby hasn't been doing it since her dad died, and I. I don't think she'll be fine if she does that shit again. She she's done this to Sexy Star. The girls in Japan did it to Fabi. It, it keeps going, and people keep doing this shit. And it's like, you know, there's not really a place in wrestling for that anymore. We've had uh, we've had so many people speak out on it. You know, we've even had okay, Phantasma doesn't give a fuck. Okay, he Triple A Star very publicly apologized to Rosemary and said that sexy star was a piece of shit. So good on him. And, um, you know what? By the way, I I think I'm going to end my hate of Grano Phasma officially now from that. I I super duper appreciated that. And I'm starting to actually like the guy now. So there There you you go. go, Me flow. There you go. go, Me flow. Send Justin a big kiss, but, um, (laughs) Dude, it was just uh, a stand-up I, thing, and it's like, look, what better way to break this cycle in the entire business than with Sexy Star? Like, and you know, ever. you know great. what sucks is this deflected another douchebag AAA story that's just as big, in my opinion. And do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yes, but go ahead. Okay, so um, Noah wanted to book Phoenix, and uh, Dorian sent a cease and desist saying that. He can't wrestle the shows because he's under uh, MGM contract or some shit. And so basically Dorian was using the MGM name to... Uh, yeah, but the, the way the story came out was great because it came out that Phoenix was trying to do this event and mm-hmm. he was being blocked with the threat of an MGM lawsuit. And that was all anyone heard at first. Right, right. And then MGM... Um, the desk of MGM, probably EB Dub and his cohorts, released a statement saying that for the record, no one here in the MGM office is actually issuing this threat. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, <laughs> nudge. So this, this is the closest that the company has come out to actually saying, this isn't fucking us, it's Dorian, don't lump us in with this asshole. Now, That's the closest that we've had. That being said, though, um, if Dorian went to MGM legal and said that, Hey, somebody under one of your MGM contracts is doing this. I believe they would pursue it because MGM legal and the people at the MGM production arm that are actually making the Lucha underground show are not necessarily the same people. And the guys in legal take their shit very seriously. And they do have those contracts. Whereas you'll see that, you know, basically EB dub in his office would they like the workers, so they're going to probably be more lax on trying to tax workers from making money anywhere, especially when they don't have something to promise them or something yeah. bigger confirmed. I don't think Phoenix's contract should have blocked him from working Noah, though. 
Uh, depends on their distribution. It 100% depends on distribution. I mean, it's it's tricky because they're tied. I mean, Lucha has ties to AAA. Phoenix doesn't have ties to AAA anymore, but then Lucha Underground Talents may divert to, or like, uh, whatever, go to CMLL, but then Ricochet still works New Japan. It's weird. Look, they're trying to make it very obvious that if you are a Lucha Underground talent and you still work for AAA, you yeah. are in a better position than any Lucha Underground talent, whether it be a super indie guy or it be, uh, you know, one of the guys who left AAA. If you, as long as you are, if you're a AAA affiliated and Lucha Ground under, aff, affiliated, you are in the best position. You can do more work. You get more props for stuff. You can use your Lucha license easier. Like they're making it very obvious that it is easier to go with the flow, to be a part of the product, to mm-hmm. do AAA stuff and to do Lucha stuff. Um, and this is of great benefit to some people that we like, like Kevin Cross and of great detriment to some of us fans because it works in the favor of some people like sexy star, (laughs) you know, but you know, Phantasma, he's in a good spot because of it. Cross is in a good spot because of it. Drago and Aerostar and those guys are doing okay because of it. And they're really trying to, to put it to Phoenix and they don't seem to fuck with Pentagon quite as much as Phoenix. Like really the way that, that Ray Phoenix left seems to be of greater irritation to Dorian personally. I feel like he doesn't have the same personal vendetta against Pentagon. It feels like Pentagon left because his brother left. Um, I don't know. It sucks, man, because I really like Phoenix. He's a good dude. He deserves great things in the wrestling business. Dude, and we Uh, sat there and listened to Dorian and Phoenix suck each other off at that thing. (laughs) I mean, you know. You and Byron did, and that's that's hilarious. And it was right after he fucking left, too. I mean, right after. Those guys backstage had to be, like, throwing chops at each other or something. I don't even know. Yeah. It was so amazing that they sat up there on that stage right next to each other, too. They weren't separated. <laughs> they put the, the, the Spanish-speaking guys together at the end of the platform, and then all they got asked about, basically, was each other. And they had the nicest things to say, and it was super weird. <laughs> Hey, you know, maybe, maybe and you guys can see that, by the way, if you don't know what we're talking about, um, Lucha, un- just search Lucha Underground Paley Fest, uh, Paley Fest on Hulu. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's on Hulu. It's <laughs> not, unfortunately, it's not part of the Amazon deal because they've been getting a lot of uh, Paley Fest stuff on Amazon Prime for free, but it is on Hulu if you guys want to see the panel. I think I they used- got all the stuff from this this year's Paley Fest rounds and the last two years before that all went to Hulu. Which sucks because you got to watch commercials. But no, not if you get a commercial free account for two dollars more a month. That's some, yeah, that's, fun, fun, that's fucking bullshit, man. I haven't done that though. <laughs> no, no, I don't know anyone who's done that. Uh, but uh, you know, now we can move on to the stuff in the show that made us happy. Right, like Kevin Cross winning all the belts. He Did won he? all the belts for somebody. Oh. look, Cross, if you're listening, I know Mundo's your boy. And I appreciate the loyalty that you have shown him. And it was really, really nice of you to cut your vacation in Greece short, fly mm-hmm. all the way to Mexico on a show you weren't booked on to, to have your boys back, yeah. to run in, to make the save, to really help him to retain his titles, plural. But mm-hmm. at the same time, bro, cash in. Think cash about yourself. 
Dude, he didn't have the briefcase with him. It was lost in the airport luggage. Um, oh, maybe possibly, that's why. Possibly because, like, you know, when you're in Greece, he he actually is um, living on the same island that Mantar lives on. So Mantar might have accidentally sat on the briefcase. And you can't have that shit on TV. You need a TV-ready briefcase. I mean, AAA's already fucked up and put the wrong number on it, like, three times. So uh, you got you to gotta, you gotta just do what you got to do. Uh, Byron, epitome of professionalism right here. Why does uh, he ever mute his microphone when he gets up and leaves? I don't know. We're going to hear him like pissing and shitting in two minutes. I I'm just sure. muted it. but um, Oh, so Jimmy V just posted a picture from that Paley Fest thing already. I guess Jimmy V's listening. Hey, what's up, Jimmy? Yeah, Jim's in the chat, dude. And you know what? He said hashtag Casey was right. But, um, dude, uh, I want to personally thank, thank Kevin Cross because – Last week's show, during the chat, uh, a certain person who's a big fan of Phantasma, I'm not going to blow up their shit by mentioning their name, I'm not going to give them any press, uh, said that Jet Li is better than Bruce Lee. And I want to personally thank Kevin Cross for making that person sad. So sad that he cried himself to sleep last night. Yeah. Grimace and Hamburglar's uh, retarded butt baby did not win the title. <laughs> and uh i give that the full de niro laugh <laughs> uh you know what no nah, he's a, you know what i can't i can't even call him that i'm sorry i'm sorry because he said mean things about sexy stars so okay, yeah, so he's, on our, he's on our good side but <clears throat> but at the same time our certain friend that has this place around a pond or on the other side of it or something should uh definitely be embarrassed that that was his call for a winner. I am happy that Mundo won. I would just be more happy mm -hmm. if Cross would now turn on his friend and take the belts, all of them. Hey, it's all a matter of time, man. Cross does what he wants, you know. Some, you know, Mundo might just like fart in the car and piss him off, and then he just kicks his ass and takes the belts. He can mm -hmm. do whatever he wants, you know. Like they could be on the plane. They could go. Like he could come over to Cross's house in Greece, and Mantar could be over. And then, like, you know, Mundo might not shake Mantar's hand like he's supposed to. Like, if you forget to shake Mantar's hoof, you're like a dick, right? So he would have to teach him a lesson by taking all the belts. It's one of those things, you know? And, uh, I mean, I'm just, I'm just glad to say that I, uh, I am friends with the man who fucking destroyed two people single-handedly to help Mundo win the title. And let's talk and, about uh, that other person real quick because he didn't get a mm -hmm. lot of press this year at Triple Mania. Tejano. That's true. Mm -hmm. te te listen to me, Kevin Gill. Tejano. And he's um, awesome. I do feel like this match was booked to make Phantasma and Tejano look just absolutely stupid because after all this happened, they started fighting each other and just hitting each other with chairs repeatedly. I know it was to set something up, but it's like, dude, join forces. You just had two. Well, actually, you had three guys basically beat you. It was actually even, okay, because they were both working against Mundo actively. Bronce came in and no. tried to help them. So, um, you know, Mundo had Cross. He had a guy that I've hit really hard with a belt once come and uh, help him too, um, you know. Uh, someone that may or may not have the genitals of a young person, and baby nuts, oh, baby nuts. <laughs> dude, 
Dude, I like Hernandez. I just no, uh, and he was great on this show in general. Like I liked mm-hmm. how they used him. Um, kudos to him for for keeping things intact at one of the few places where he works. <laughs> I, I wanted to see him hit Big Mommy with the border toss. I think we all did, yeah. but it just didn't happen. Yeah, that would have been amazing. Uh, that would have been, amazing. Uh, that would have been I would have I would have paid to see the free pay per view if he would have given Big Mommy the border toss. <laughs> I should have tweeted him like, "Give Big Mommy the border toss." But and he would have said, "Fuck you! You hit me with a belt." Um, mm-hmm. But no, dude, uh, this was a fun ladder match, though. Like it was just fucking chaos, bell to bell. What sucks is like the second Cross comes out is like the second Floyd and Connor started fighting. Well, this uh, is this is the other thing I was gonna say is mm-hmm. so this whole time, like one of the main reasons why I was so pumped for Triple Mania was to see what Cross was gonna do. And then I did not watch this match live. I went back and watched it on the replay in the middle of the night. And it was the only match the whole night that I didn't see because it was pretty much the entire exact duration of the Connor Floyd fight was this match. Yeah, because I mean they got they got a little piece of the entrances in the uh, the Pagano Macias match, which if you can't say anything nice, I'm not talking about the match at all. And uh, oh, but shit, dude, no, that match, uh, Ray Scorpion came in and did a run in afterwards and beat up both dudes. Okay, guys, Ray Scorpion. What the fuck is this music? It's not music. It's uh, like a loud New York noise. Okay, so Ray Scorpion <laughs> uh, from uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think you've seen him a lot of places in the Indies in Mexico. He is fucking dope, and if they use him right, he's gonna be a huge star for AAA. He's fucking awesome, and uh, they're off to a good start having him beat up two badass motherfuckers like Pagano and Macias. So, yeah, I, and Pagano and Macias, like, I like a good old-fashioned street ball. Come on, really, do I have to hear your nose hair, Spiron? <laughs> um, I like a good old-fashioned street ball. Not the best match ever, but that's a great program. I want to see that go somewhere and just, uh, we'll see. I, one of the problems, though, is Johnny is holding up all the freaking belts right now. Mm-hmm. And... um. I think Vampiro is taking it upon himself to do something about that, as we saw post match here. What are these belts again? There's yeah, how would they wait to what the the cruiser belt, the mega champ belt, and what's the other one, Case? Yeah, oh, you oh, fuck the um, the Latin American right. title, it's basically like yeah. their IC title. Okay, so he's got them all unified still, but I mean that's that's a little bit of part of what the problem with this show was. Here you have a show where the all three of the main belts are basically top mid card. <laughs> They're not even the headliner, which is fine because you have an Oasis match at the at the top. But um, they gotta they gotta break up these belts at some point in time. As much as I like where they are myself, like guys like Pagano and Macias, you know not having something to fight over and some of the other guys in the lower end that could probably use a, a bump. And instead you get these crazy, you know, battle Royal lumberjack matches and stuff where they're just trying to find places to use talents. Like they don't even have that much talent right now, but then they can't even find good places to use them because all the belts are tied up. So mm-hmm. my question, and I'll give you my opinion on it in a second, but Casey, I'm sure you have a strong opinion about this. What do you think about right. Vampiro booking himself into the title picture at this point with Mundo, Cross, and whoever else gets involved? Honestly, I hated it, and I didn't even want to talk about it, and you're making me think about it again. And I, I just – I, you know what's great is I had the whole thing muted 
So I just didn't pay attention to it. And I hated it a little less because I was watching the fucking fight at that point. Because I did not give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I, so I, I also... Funny. Go ahead. I was going back and forth, like watching TV and iPad. And yeah, uh, Meatlo, me, uh, Meatloaf just brought it up. Where I had glanced back on, on the Twitch and I close up to him going vampiro. He's vampiro. starting his vampiro chant. I'm like, oh shit, this is what's happening. Then next thing you know, he's choke slamming uh, the uh, channel, and then he's standing five feet away from Cross. Who can? Who's a tall guy? He could literally like reach out and like grab vampiro's head and squash it like a grape. But he has to just stand there and act like he's mad and not do anything. While vampiro just completely no sells him to his face and looks tough. It's like okay, this is this is Vampiro I've heard about, but yeah. I, but then again, he's also one of the most over guys on the show. So. He is over. It doesn't mean he has to win the belt if he wrestles for it or whatever. If that even fucking happens, but then I doesn't mean, that give you a chance for Cross to take it and for for Mundo to finally move on? Because they're they're obviously not going to keep Mundo that much longer in this kind of role. Like he's done his part, he's done his job. Honestly, Justin, I'm gonna I'm gonna reveal the whole path to you. Okay, right now. What's right. really going to happen if we want it or not? I know okay. it. It's from so both M- of us. M- Mundo's going to fucking defend the title, and then Cross is going to keep killing people, and he's going to be using that briefcase as like an insurance policy. So if anyone wins the belt, they're like double fucked, right? So Vampiro's going to find a way to fuck Cross out of the briefcase, and Bronte's going to win it. He's going to cash it in and win the belt. Uh, and right before Cross will use it and win the fucking belt, um, he'll fuck him out of it somehow, and then Bronze is going to win the belt because that's who they've been wanting to go with this whole time. And I mean, he's good, but I'd I'd rather. But see he's Cross too small. Him. You really think they're going to go with him, dude? Ray Mysterio is small. I don't I I don't care about small. It's all good. Um, they but want even they, in Triple A. You think he's going to get to the top of the program that fast? Yeah, yeah, I do because they want him to be the next Ray Mysterio. Uh, but he might be a little fucked up right now, so <laughs> that might not happen. But that's where I thought it was going to go, but he looked like his knee got a little tweaked in this. Yeah. Uh, so who knows? I really well, want to see uh, Kevin Cross and Vampiro program. I think that could be kind of cool. Here's here's the thing. Here's 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 what I like about it and, and what I don't like. I like Vampiro interjecting himself at this point. I think with the, the heat, with their work, regardless of what you think, their work that they did with the Taya dropping the belt thing, I, I think it's appropriate. I think now's the time to do it. And I like seeing Vampiro get into one big angle every couple years. Like we had the, the Pentagon thing a few years back. Now it's time for another big one. And if you're going to book yourself, why not book yourself with a top guy like Pentagon or Johnny Mundo? Like, let's not be stupid. Um, yeah. And, and, and as much as I love cross, I think that what you would get work wise from Mundo in that match would be like, if it was a brawl between cross and Vampiro with their size and the type of wrestling that they do, it's just going to purely be a street brawl. Whereas I think if it's with Mundo, I think you add a little bit of that cruiserweight kind of element also into a brawl. And I think you get something just a little more exciting. Um, Though, and and so, and that's my problem with it is like, okay, so you do that brawl, but then if you think back to the the Pentagon Vampiro thing, how do you book that brawl in Mexico, especially where Vamp is way, way more over? How do you book that brawl to get Vamp out of the storyline afterwards when he's the head booker and he's more over as a face down there? That's really tough. 
And then if it becomes this extended program where you have either Tejano or Phantasma jumping back into it and you're taking sides and then you have Cross and, and Vampiro and it becomes this extended thing, that's where I have a problem with it. I'm I still think, a huge uh, Vampiro mark, so I would love to see him in a program but I just want to see that I want the high spots. I want the highlights at this point in his career. I don't want to see an extended program with Vamp. I want him to get in, get out, and that's it. I don't think that's what you're gonna get. I think I, you're gonna you get. I think you're gonna get half a program, and it's gonna get aborted somehow. So you don't really have to worry about it. But hey, it can be good too. That's the other thing you can always count on with AAA is that like if they're ready to dump a program, they just dump it. They don't find a way out of it. It's just. I, gone. I, I think they're building towards the Tejano Fantasma Apuestas match anyway. So. You know, it is what it is. But um, I I think that this only leaves us with one more match to talk about on the. It card. really does, and it's freaking phenomenal. Speaking oh, of dude. matches, okay. First, let's talk about let's talk about some financial shit, okay? Oh I got, God, please let's. Okay, so Cubs fan uh, Lucha blog uh, reported the numbers. Uh, I think Nate, I think Meltzer did too. Um, mm -hmm. Wagner made a quarter of a million dollars to lose his mask. Yes, and um, Psycho Clown got 200 pesos in bus fare. Psycho Clown said he would have lost his mask for 30 grand. Um, so some people are like, he paid way too much money. Psycho would have lost his match for 30, mask for 30 grand. But Wagner losing his mask is a huge, 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 huge fucking deal. And I just hope they did. Okay, so I heard this but, story. But how much did Psycho actually make? It was like four grand, right? Something like that. Yeah. He, he wasn't dropping anything, you know? But, okay, this is where you make more money in a mass match because uh, one of the guys on Death Valley Driver told a story that uh, when La Parca and Pierrot had their mass match, uh, and this is this is original Parca, the good one, L.A. Park, uh, they had a bunch of the boys go out and make side bets without their masks on throughout town. People didn't know they were wrestlers. And they ended up making like another 15 grand just on like fucking side bets that the boys cut them in on. <laughs> and that's amazing. And I hope they're smart yeah. enough to do that because that actually happened apparently. And uh, yeah, uh, it's pretty cool. This match was great. Uh, I It's funny too because I really thought that I, I knew that Pagano or uh, Psycho Clown would, would gladly lose his mask for cheaper. It's part of one of the reasons why even when it was announced uh, by a certain dipshit promoter that Wagner yeah. was going to be appearing sans mask right mm -hmm. after Triple Mania, that I was still like, no, there's no way that the Roldans are going to pay him what he wants. Like Wagner's been going back and forth with people with this for years. He's been offering up his mask for five years straight now, but for astronomical money and no one has mm -hmm. ever even dared to to pay it before and triple a nutted up and decided to pay it this time if he ever mm -hmm. sees the check we'll see <laughs> hey you know it's shit man it, but you know, i really do you know how much that this way you know how much 250 grand lasts in fucking mexico man i know that's what i'm saying especially when you're God the damn. world's most interesting man yeah i know i uh, see i told He's, you he looked like the fucking dosakis guy and i've only seen half his face before this he's gonna use it all on beard wax uh, dude, he's gonna, they're gonna fucking bring him in as like son of Havoc's dad now and not as Dr. Wagner. Watch. Well, look, he can, like, saying he should have a great can't do it. Tell a telenovela run now, right? I mean, he's a handsome older gentleman, right? Yeah. Hey, Very man. Distinguished looking. Yeah. I, I'm sure he's, it's, see, like, he's gonna get laid more from this, but 
a lot of people, like Vinny said on Twitter, are going to get laid less because a lot of women in Mexico found out that the guy that they're dating isn't really Dr. Wagner Jr. <laughs> <laughs> that shit's hilarious. Uh, props to Vinny for that one. Fuck. But I, this was, I this was the thing where it was done right. Like, there's a tradition in Lucha Libre and in AAA, and this was actually done right. First of all, the match was great. You know, Psycho Clown getting his mask pretty much torn off halfway through really made you think that that was the finish they were going to for a little while. You realized even more that because of that, it wasn't the finish they were going to. The whole thing was well done. The unmasking was traditional style. Um, he took his mask off. He said his real name, what uh, Juan Manuel Gonzalez Barone or whatever. Um, and, you know, tried to cover up and shame a little bit. The other guys gloat a little bit, but congratulate him a little like, this was so perfectly done. One of the few moments where AAA minus commentary has completely executed something the exact right way. And I, and honestly, watching Wagner these last few years, I have to give him a lot of the credit for it. And Psycho Clown too, but Wagner has taken his career to exactly where it should be at this point in time. The dude is 52 freaking years old. Yeah. And he wrestles like he's 27. And I'm not. No, nah, and the thing is, he wasn't wrestling like that for a while. This last few years has like lit a fire under his ass because he was dogging it for a while. And, and he uh, came back bigger and better and stronger. And it's like, you know, we were talking about Alberto Patron earlier. It's like, that's what you want from Alberto at this point in time. But where you've gotten it was Wagner. He deserved this big payday. He deserves a, a glorious ride out into the sunset now without the mask. I hope a lot of people book him. Because it's going to be even cooler to see his old ass with that gray freaking beard whooping up on some young boys on the freaking indies. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. like they're super green and showing them what it's all about. Because his performances in Lucha Underground and AAA in the past two years have been phenomenal. And he'll get fucking dope color with his white ass hair and shit, too. <laughs> but, um, you know... Uh, like people in the chat are saying, he's going by Ray Wagner now because his son, Dr. Wagner Jr. Jr., uh, is going to be... Son of the junior. Uh, he, he's his revenge now, which is that promo he cut after the fight, which was fucking awesome, where he's like, you know what? My son's coming for you now, motherfucker, and he's going to rip off your stupid clown face. Which is awesome. And I can't wait to see it. And then maybe uh, that thirty grand to take uh, Psycho's mask will happen too. Because I honestly think Psycho should get out of the mask. We need less fucking clowns. Um, and he's been at the top of the game for a long time. And I just don't know. I don't know that Psycho's mask brings him much more for the next few years. Honestly, when you when there's literally ten clowns, have you ever seen any other wrestling promotion have ten of the same anything? Unless it's like ten shitty guys in shorts and kick pads. Uh, no, but that wasn't like a gimmick. Like you still had, you still had like different shit inside the stable. Like, uh, you know, you had big boss man and you had fucking million dollar man. They weren't the same gimmick, you know, but fucking, um, you don't have 10 undertakers running, running around, you know, and also there are 10 clowns, 10 unaffiliated clowns. (laughs) Like they're not all friends. Right. Some of the clowns are feuding weirder. with the other clowns. Some of the clowns are feuding with people that have nothing to do with the other clowns. Some of the clowns are just mini versions of the same clowns, and the mini versions are friends while the big clowns hate each other. It's a whole lot of shit going on with clowns. A bunch and, of uh, fucking clowns. 
Yeah, and you know, Pagano says you can't have a party without clowns, and yeah, it's going to be a really big fucking movie, so maybe they are on the right track. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I, I, as bizarre as this sounds, I think Triple Mania 25 was a success. It was certainly more interesting than last year's Triple Mania that we kind of shat upon. Uh-huh. Um, and it was fun to watch. The Twitch thing, I think, was a success, minus the, the commentary. I liked the the best of stream. Casey and I had a whole bunch of fun yeah. watching some old. Yeah, yeah. That was shit. so cool. That's the perfect thing. Stuff. Yeah. And it's a also, good way to turn people onto the product, too. It's like there's a reason why when Lucha Underground came out, guys like us jumped on it because I had seen a little bit of AAA. I knew some of the performers. I was a fi- mm-hmm. fan of Drago's. Um, you know, I, I cannot claim to have been a Pentagon fan before Lucha Underground. Uh, it was yeah. really his first match when he came in. But I knew who Drago and Aerostar were. I knew Blue Demon was. I knew who Tejano was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had seen some of their stuff in AAA. But this is a great way to get people on board i hope twitch keeps doing stuff with AAA. I hope they get it ironed out uh i'd love to see kg get another shot on commentary because i'd like to for my own entertainment see what happens <laughs> honestly if he does i'm immediately watching the spanish language feed and not even giving him a chance at this oh, point. oh come on just even for the jokes now you know what everyone tweets that shit at me anyway so All it's right, like true. i'll see him uh trust me a lot of people tweeted that shit at me i'm sorry i said it you know what Casey is right about other things. And I'm also, you know what? Casey's right. I'm going to predict Deadpool-like numbers for it, okay? How about that? How about fucking... Mm. The trailer's hot, man. The trailer is hot. How about this is going to do, like, new records for R-rated movies? You think so? Like, what did did Abigail do? Because... It didn't didn't do that great, but it didn't cost that much, so it was okay. It got great reviews. So I just wonder, like, I, I mean, look, it's a better time of year for people are getting in the Halloween spirit, but it, 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 it was a little bit early. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shit on you calling it Abigail instead of Annabelle, Annabelle because King Diamond. We all know Abigail. I work control of her brain, Abigail. The thing is, Annabelle ripped off this horror movie that I edited. Just look up the trailer: Paranormal Adoption. It's about a couple that adopts this girl. Who has a haunted doll? Well, yeah, I mean, look, the haunted that was doll. the first movie that's ever done a haunted doll. The haunted um, look. There's not always original ideas original in too. in horror movies. Like it's alive and Basket Case certainly have resemblances, but Basket Case Two is a phenomenal work of art. Oh shit! They all are. All the Basket Case movies. <laughs> Byron looks a little Bilalis. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. A disturbing. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Byron, you'd like the first one. There is a disturbing amount of penis in it. Um, That's the only reason why I like two better. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right, but, Byron. Yeah. What's up? I'm right here. MMA time. Yeah. Byron, we're going to talk, and Casey's going to hate me for this, because before we get to MMA, I want to talk Mae Young. Yeah, awesome. Okay, first she, thing. Yeah, dude, was her son in attendance? The fucking hand? <laughs> uh, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Charlie Caruso, who is doing commentary on the, uh, not commentary, what is it? What's the stuff in between where you stand in front of a really bad green screen? Uh, interviews? No, she does interviews too. You think she's hot is what you're trying to say. You can just say Charlie. No, 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 no. I just, no, I'm in a writing class with her. She's cool. So I'm giving a shout out. It's awesome. It's cool because it's just funny to see you people. Can that, you can also be in a writing class with her and still say that she's hot. I think that's allowed. I'm a progressive um, 
I'm a progressive feminist. There's man. nothing that you can say that will be care. worse than most of what Jr. said. I would <laughs> never say a compliment. Oh, Justin! <laughs> breaking news! Holy <laughs> shit! We need to talk about MMA instead. Oh. No, no. Hey, first of all, I sent that to both of you. Yeah, uh, but I'm the only also, one who fucking read it. Okay, I'm no, the only one who read it. So, um, the I, tournament was the tournament. Someone really pissed cool. in his piss, Justin. I'm uh, sorry because I'm I'm on the MMM show account and Byron sent it to the host of the MMM show and not the MMM Whatever. show. Account. The tournament was really great. Um, I knew a couple and then I remembered a few other competitors with their new NXT names. I thought it was awesome. I think though that it's interesting that like the Cruiserweight tournament, uh, each match is not produced as a whole program. So you have multiple people using the same finish or you have some people using a spear as a regular move, even though it finished two other matches. Yeah, but uh, I liked I liked that. It's like, especially in the opening round, like just let everyone come in and do their thing and then we'll refine <laughs> it into a WWE product later. Yeah, but I thought it was awesome. It's great to see Candice LeRae, uh, especially see her, because I saw her at the Battle Royal that they did and she didn't win it. But she she won and she looked great. Like the she got the respect in that match. Uh, awesome finish, top rope, swinging neck breaker. Um, and okay, well, let, let me I tell was, you where I think they missed. Um, Jazzy Gabber, this big, huge German woman, got yeah. a great reaction from the audience. And I don't think putting Abby Lath over her was a good call. I think that I was, was a mistake. Um, and I think this this goes to show you how uninvolved Vince is with the product because most of the big girls throughout this whole thing, mm -hmm. some of whom were very, very good, um, and they could use another big, strong woman that it, they need they need some girls like this. Yeah. Seriously. And uh, Jazzy Gabbard, I hope she still gets a contract because she was super duper over. I'm not going to say her wrestling was great, but it doesn't matter. She it's was over I'm not watching it for great wrestling half the time. You're watching it for characters, storylines, and for people that have potential to do. And plus, dude, she, isn't she like Chono's stepdaughter in real life? Yeah. She's, yeah. yeah. So, dude, Chono's the shit. Uh, I fucking love Masahiro. Who doesn't like Chono? If you don't like Chono and you're in our chat, get the fuck out of there. Well, look, being uh, related to or tied to uh, being a second generation star of some kind did not necessarily help you in this tournament. <laughs> But I mean, it was a, it was a surprise. I thought she was going to win. Uh, I also was a little nervous about how quickly, uh, even though she was portrayed as like a big imposing heel, how quickly the Florida crowd took to cheering the the superhuman German person. I thought that that was good, though. I mean, it just goes to show you that that look and what she was presenting. Yeah is part of what they need, even though I know it's a smart crowd. I went to full sale. I get it. But anyway, we can talk about some of the other ones. But, I just think that the, I, I hope to see yeah. them do something with Jazzy Gabbert because that was the, probably the biggest, one of the biggest upsets in the first round. Yeah. Uh, Kaylee Ray going out in the first round, I also found surprising. Not yeah. that she's great, but I thought that she would be a good base for some of the other talent moving forward. Mm -hmm. um, Candice LeRae was no surprise. Mia Yim is freaking amazing i really wanted sarah logan to win though i've seen her and a bunch of nxt shows coming up and it seems like she's getting a whole gimmick together her her whole her post her pre-match like package 
she was the best on camera in her interview. But that's also why they don't need to do it. I mean, she's already assigned talent. She's already got the spot. They don't need to put her over. They'll put her over on TV later. I mean, she's already there, basically. This is Crazy Mary, right? It's yeah, it's yeah, Crazy Mary. She's also um, her boyfriend is one of the, one of War Machine. So basically, you know, well, that's, that's a that's a step badass. up, fucking Madman Pondo. So there you go. <laughs> um, now the Shayna Baszler match. First of all, you have Ronda Rousey there. Yeah, this style, like I, I wanted to put together a show where you almost mimic MMA rules, except you do it, uh, you know, a scripted wrestling style. Kurt Angle, Samoa Almost exactly what Shayna Baszler presented in this match. So I freaking loved it. I mean, she mm-hmm. was basically, she has, with Josh Barnett's help, has crafted an MMA style, even more so than Matt Riddle, um, an MMA style into a wrestling style where she was actually the whole match portraying herself like an MMA fighter, doing MMA moves, even down to the striking and throwing punches and whatnot which obviously if they were in an MMA fight, they would have knocked somebody clean out. But I mean, the entire presentation, even the transitions and moves on the ground, all MMA presentation, except all done very safe. I was, and I've seen Shayna wrestle a few times before, but I thought that this was on another level. Let me, let me tell you how important this Josh Barnett thing is to that because, um, Barnett was uh, taught by Carl Gotch a little bit when he was in uh, New Japan. And if you guys don't know who Carl Gotch is, he's the fucking god of pro wrestling. Look it up. And, uh, well, the god of Japanese pro wrestling uh, next to Kitazan. But uh, he had a deal with New Japan. They actually paid him from when New Japan started until he died uh, to help develop talent. And uh, it's kind of cool because they, they even did an interview where they had Josh Barnett uh what was his big fight was it uh was it against one of the nogs or that uh in pride uh that josh barnett had yeah uh they had him watch that with gotch and gotch is like this match is fucking bullshit you should have done this this and this and he's like you barely won how does this make you feel good and he was and he's like does it make you mad that i'm saying that and he's like no we talked to each other weekly by phone until gotcha's death uh and this is a guy that if you want to if you want to mix legitimacy with show business that's that's the kind of guy you want dealing with and barnett being a student of his and then passing that shit along fucking it's gonna lead to amazing shit and and shana as an mma fighter i always loved her she was very entertaining but she was middling at best she wasn't the the greatest fighter of all time uh nor was she ever going to be and this is I'm so happy to see her be the person that actually gets to bring this in. And we're not talking about um, like the Kim Shamrock style here either. This is, Mm -hmm. this is the next level of where it should be to progress, (coughs) to progress wrestling, actually to give wrestling some more legitimacy. I know CM Punk tried to do some of this stuff, but he he did, he did. and, And it worked for a little bit. He got way, way over by presenting a certain amount of MMA style, but he was still really also at best a middling wrestler. Yeah. And plus he was, it was MMA style and then just stealing all of Kenta shit. So it's like, but Shayna being able to go in there and do this with girls who also don't necessarily 
know how to do it, but working them through the matches where she's doing a completely different style than everyone else, that's going to be the real test of if she can get this style over and if it really works because she's going to come up against a lot of girls that have no clue what the hell she's doing and they're going to have to sell it and make it work and it's going to be on her to get them to sell it right. Hey, you know, it, it got Minoru Suzuki so fucking over doing the same thing. And she's she's doing what he did like yeah, that, yeah. like literally. And God, way, I fucking love his fan. Let's let's talk about Suzuki real quick. He, he's fucking he's amazing. Awesome. Yeah. He's, he, when I when I need a little pick me up, I'll listen to his entrance music like ten times in a row, and I'm I'm back better than I was before. Um. Anyways, I loved I loved Shayna's finish. <clears throat> it's just it's incredible because it's it's a submission. It's a choke. That's then also, you don't know what you're watching at first. You're kind of like, it, uh, uh. But it's super high impact, and it's yeah. a, and what's really great is that it's like it's a boom, and then you got to tap right away, like it's it. yeah, it's awesome. Uh, it's hard to do a, a sleeper or a chokehold nowadays and have it kind of be that interesting. Like Joe yeah. can do it. When but it looks like else? that, but I mean, you know, the, the risk you run is don't forget that even in MMA, the grappling part of it is the least exciting part to people. So yeah. it's going to remain to be seen. Like uh, it's good that she's putting in a lot of the striking part of it too, but it's also not as flashy as leg slap kicks and, and stuff, you know? So I think she needs to hybridize it a little bit. And I think if she ends up on one of the big shows, Vince will certainly insist on it at some point. Like she's mm -hmm. under the, She's not on Vince's radar yet, I don't think. So we'll see how it plays out. And maybe yeah. because she's brought Ronda and the other four horsewomen of MMA, the four horsewomen of MMA, with her. Um, you know, they were in the crowd, Jessamine, um, uh, Sharina, or Marina Shafir, and Ronda Rousey were in the crowd, which certainly will help her along. Um, I hope people realize in the wrestling world that Ronda is, in fact, a heel Shayna will also be a heel and they're kind of heels in real life. <laughs> you can admire them for their style and their mean aggressiveness, but they're not nice people. And congratulations to Rhonda. Cause I believe her and Travis got married. Yeah, I saw, I saw that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Hey, look, even yeah, there's, two, there's two ways she could go. She can go Ken Shamrock and Brock Lesnar uh, where you get the pro wrestling stuff in there and it's awesome. Or you can go Dan Severn and no, you don't go full Dan Severn. No, no one, no one goes to full Dan Severn. Well, that's boring wrestling too. I mean, he Dan just wanted Severn. to yeah, hold strong people down and like Dan Severn thinks you can go into pro wrestling and get writing points. <laughs> Not a good look, man. But you know what? If you want to see a good Dan Severn match, watch him against uh, Tarzan Goto from the King of the death match tournament. The one that cactus and Terry were in the finals. Oh yeah. Uh, good stuff. Dude, it's a great match because Tarzan Goto doesn't know how to fucking wrestle, so he's just headbutting him all the time and shit. It's great. That's <laughs> good, good stuff. Um, okay, so Tony Storm, I also absolutely loved her yeah. whole presentation. Uh, I also liked Lacey Evans's presentation. I've been watching Lacey Evans for a while. Uh, NXT, she's yeah. a homegrown one. Uh, Tony Storm, I saw in Stardom. I know that she's been putting her name out there, but I never really saw her full. Uh, presentation. No, she can she can go stuff. strong style too, or she yeah. can do silly stuff. She's kind of in the the Joey Ryan category to me, but I, I totally dig her. The um, uh, Lacey Lacey Evans. So she has a cool story. She's uh, a Marine, and she has a kid. 
that I think they're going to use as part of her character. She brings her daughter with her to all. Yeah, she was there. Eh, I, not part of it. I was kind of like, eh, but I like the, the yeah. this. I like the super baby face route that they're going with her until they heal Turner and turn her into. A oh, kid. dude, they have her kid beat the shit out of the stupid Bailey kid. That uh, was fucking uh, amazing. Exactly. The reason, you can tell if you look at this woman closely enough. I'm pretty sure she's actually killed someone before as a Marine. Um, yeah. She was also a drill sergeant. Um, and I think that once, like, if they give her a three-year run as a babyface and then turn her heel, I think she'll be oh, so over. Female Sergeant Slaughter, bro. Yeah. Oh shit, that would be. Yeah. She could do the noogie and shit. I, I, think, I will. Say, I will say though, it, it was a little weird to see so many, um, like, sort of so many of the same person, like so many blonde white wrestlers. Were there more than the there were? Uh, were there more blonde white wrestlers the same height than there were clowns in Triple Yeah, and like two of them Not were from than... Australia, and I was getting them confused for a while. Yeah. And no, it was a little strange. But at the same time, look, it's a thirty-two person tournament. They're going to weed it down. And again, this this part of it seems like it was completely under Triple A's banner or Triple H's banner, and and mm -hmm. that Vince hasn't had anything to do with it yet. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I was very surprised to see Santana Garrett lose. Um, yeah. Though I guess it kind of makes sense because she has so much work other places. And maybe she was really just brought in to help put over the credibility of the tournament in general with no intention of going further with her. But I don't know where she stands after this whole thing. I haven't read anything about where she's at with them. Um, yeah. But Dude. I was surprised. I thought for sure she's being one of the biggest names out there to come in and that she would get over. Uh, but we but got we got we got to get through this podcast. I got to find this shit. Look at these fucking pop tarts, guys. She put over Viper, right? Is that the match? Uh, yeah. Piper Niven. Piper. Yeah, she she's Viper over in Stardom. Yeah. That's where I saw her. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess they see a lot of money in Piper and they want to, and why not get someone like Santana Garrett to help make her look good in the first round? Yeah, and, and Piper was great. And I thought that, uh, it, you know, she's not a look that you would normally think would get over in WWE either. Yeah. But, but I, I like that about her. And hopefully they go with something unconventional like that and at least give her an NXT push at some point. Mm -hmm. We'll see. We compare her to like Nia Jax as like a female powerhouse because yeah. a lot of the a lot of the wrestlers in that division are are very small statured. And Piper, I think, already carries herself better than how Nia Jax even currently carries herself. Now, was Rhea Ripley the other blonde Australian that looked exactly like Tony Storm? It's it's hard. It, it just they kept showing up, but they, they were all good. It. Um, so in those matches or whatever, we'll see how they shake out. But there's a couple other big girls in there that did not fare well, which I thought was surprising and strange. Um, and then let's talk about the the finale. The Kari Sane versus Kari Hojo, whatever, whatever you want to call her. Kari Sane. Versus well, if, if, if you're JR, it's Kari Sane. And if Kari Sane um, versus Kari Tessa... <laughs> Tessa Blanchard. Yeah. Um, why did they put these two up against each other in the first round is my first question. Like, I don't don't know. you think Tessa has done enough to garner a second round berth in this thing? Well, maybe, maybe you, Tessa you doesn't want to sign a contract. Company? You know how her dad left the company? Um, maybe there's still a little heat there. Well, maybe, maybe. Uh, she's sort of been like a guest star on NXT every so often. Yeah. Um, and there's the, uh, there's 
the reports that Rick and by guest star you mean job duty yeah but like she's a name that'll show up in the women's division every so often and apparently ricochet is signing up maybe there's something going on or maybe they just i don't know i mean you definitely want to showcase uh kari saying as quickly and as big as possible i don't know the spoilers by the way i hope she wins i hope candace wins i also hope evie wins i also you must have been yeah. the only one not listening when justin spoiled the whole thing on our podcast but, no we already uh, we already covered that <laughs> we already okay. covered that in the in the dm but we also don't know how every bit of it shakes out i i didn't know that that uh kari went over on tessa in the first round i was very surprised to see that yeah, uh, you, you kind of you wonder. You got to wonder if uh, Ricochet is second guessing how he might fare in WWE when things like that are already happening. Oh, yeah. well, maybe you shouldn't cry so much. You know what's funny, though? As long ago as this was taped, Lucha Underground still way longer. <laughs> um, but dude, he'll be out of his contract soon, right? right, right as soon as they're done running Ultima Lucha Trace as a Christmas special, then he'll have three months to wait after that, and he can, by Easter, be somewhere else, right? Yeah, yeah Ultima Lucha Trace, uh, Christmas 2018. Um, yeah. No, actually, I think we'll see him show up in WWE probably January or February at this point in time, right? Um, no, get. no. Uh, I don't think he's going to make it that far. Okay. I think he's, he's going to be NXT. Well, you know what I mean. Oh, I thought you, okay. you talked about you think it might be dead by then. No, oh, no, God, no, no, Casey. no, I wasn't Casey. saying like he was going to get a Royal Rumble run in like entry yeah. number 30 Prince King Trevor, man, that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> you heard it here on the MMM show. Casey is predicting that Ricochet will not be alive by January. Um, <laughs> all right. So that's it for, for WWE talk. Let's move Thank on. Thank God. MMA. Byron did send us some news before we get to your, your news and we have breaking news with um, a Z with a Z it's extreme. I want to talk a little bit about the Connor Floyd aftermath. This was a phenomenal week for, for combat sports. And mm -hmm. I find this event to be a huge, a huge success. Why it was a huge success, however, is now the point of contention, I think, amongst a lot of people. Here's what I saw happen. You had this great lead up, this great promotional build up, this super hype to the point where it was good that it was so overhyped because everyone said going into it, the fight can't possibly live up to the hype. Um, it got to the point where the Connor believers, and I have belief in Connor. I just didn't predict that he would win. Um, but it got to the point where the Connor believers were actually giving him a chance. And I feel like he was actually giving himself a chance to a certain extent, which really I think is what sold the fight at the end of the day, because there was nobody who was watching that buildup who was looking at Connor and saying, this guy's just talking a game. Everyone was to the point where whether they thought he was going to win or not, everyone thought that Connor thought that he could win. Mm -hmm. And that's what really gave the fight credibility. Not necessarily that he could or was going to win, but the fact that everyone was like, damn it, that dude actually believes he can knock out Floyd Mayweather, that he can win this fight, that he can do it in glorious fashion. And he's not somehow he's talking all this crap, but he's not just talking out of his ass. So that's what you had before the fight. You get to the actual fight and 
you had some weird things happen. There's some some couple strange things with the prelims. Connor uh, on the scale was he looked sucked out. And he got down to 153 pounds. Looking at the way Connor looked on the scale, I'm going to make one prediction coming out of this fight. You are never, ever, ever, ever going to see Connor fight at the 145 weight class in UFC ever again. He just made a whole bunch of money. It, it didn't look like it was a painful cut for him, but it looked like it was hard enough for him to get down under 155. And God and God bless him. He got two pounds under it, which I think is awesome. I, I think that was a good statement and a good showing for him there. Floyd, however, was eating McDonald's and partying <laughs> all week and eating pizza and hanging out at his strip club. He kept he kept tagging his strip club in his tweets, like yes. fifty and zero yes. at his strip club. That's yes. a champion. The girl collection, by the way, because that's not a sexist thing to do to collect women. <laughs> Well, this is a oh, guy who this is a guy who beats women. So, oh god, he's, he's, he's a great, standard, great person. But yeah, the standard a little bit lower. He's probably lining them up to punch them. That's why he's collecting them. Oh my god! Well, yeah. now you know why it's okay for him to go to the club every week because he still gets his practice in while he's there. Oh, oh, we're not. I'm saying, not saying his strippers are sparring partners. I'm just saying that he beats them. Yeah, yeah, um, they don't fight back. Let's be clear about that. Okay, it's not sparring at all. It's just target <laughs> practice. This is horrible where we've gone here. God, why does the show go so dark all of a sudden? Fuck. Because we're in hour five. I know, but because first of all, <laughs> Floyd Mayweather is a despicable human being. And it sucks so bad to pick a guy like that to win a fight because one of the reasons why he's so popular is because you want to see somebody murder his face. But he's really, really good at what he does. Um, my prediction was semi-accurate for this fight. I said that it would be unanswered punches that stopped the fight, not something a lot of people were predicting. Um, I said it was going to come in round six. It came a few rounds later than that, but the actual ending to the fight went exactly the way I expected. Um, what Floyd did at the beginning of the fight, I also completely expected. Um, I believe that that was actually his game plan. What I don't what I didn't know and what I don't think anybody accounted for, including Floyd, regardless of what he says, is what Connor was going to do with that information of what Floyd was doing. We knew Floyd wasn't going to do much the first few rounds. We knew he was going to try to gas Connor out. We knew he was going to just kind of play possum a little bit. What we didn't know is that during that time that Connor would actually connect with real boxing technique, would jab Floyd to the face. I never expected to see uh, Connor hit a single jab that landed on Floyd Mayweather. Not one. He hit him with jabs. He hit him with a left cross. He hit him with an uppercut. He actually connected to Floyd with several very credible boxing strikes, which is awesome. And it made it very entertaining. People were getting excited around me when I was watching it. I still didn't think Connor had a chance. Yeah. Um, a lot of people were thinking, I think that Connor was doing better than he thought. But, but that being said, Fuck those judges. That <laughs> I, I, I was not cheering for Connor to win. I was realistically scoring and judging that fight. I gave Connor all five of the first five rounds. Yeah. I, I had I, that card five to four for Connor when Connor went out on his feet. I also feel like Mayweather was in 100% control the whole time. Excuse but me. But Connor also, was scoring. But he let Connor. And Connor did better than you thought, but Connor did legitimately win 
all those rounds. Yeah. Now, you know, the official, you know, what people are really saying is, yes, Connor won the first three. A lot of people debate four and five and say that because of the few shots that Floyd landed in four, that they were power shots. They were. I believe that they were stronger than Connor's punches, but I believe that Connor did more work in those rounds, mm -hmm. um, connected, had better ring generalship, which you do score on. I think that he was in better control in the fourth and the fifth, which was fifth was very, very close. But, um, you know, one judge had all the rounds for Floyd. Like, wait, how do you, how do you <laughs> score the first? What? 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 I mean, basically, Floyd started punching Cotter in the face for two rounds and knocked him out. Yeah, like, what happened? Like, well, and Connor was gassing because Connor had thrown some big punches, and then he he had tried to start getting Floyd out of there in the fifth. Um, and then you know you saw Floyd do what Floyd does when he was like, okay, and, and you saw it. Like he saw a few of Connor's moves, and once Connor started repeating things, especially the jab, and once Floyd got used to Connor being a lefty and his movement and his weird angles, Floyd solved the puzzle, and it wasn't a very hard puzzle for him to solve. And he was just like, okay, let me get this guy out of here. It's what should have happened. He's 49 and oh, whether you like him or not, he did his work. What is that sound? Why does it sound like we're in a hurricane? That's not me. Is that Casey? It's Casey. It's Casey. Casey, you that sound like you're in a hurricane. Me? Oh, my air conditioner just came on. Oh, that uh, must be what it is. Turn it off. Remember yeah. the old days when we used to sit in Byron's house, turn the AC off and sweat it out with each other in person? I buy you guys pizza and then you complain about it for two years. That was a terrible idea for a show. This is so much a better idea for a show in general. That fuck that show. That show was, was horrible. Fun. I liked it. You guys came over to my house. I know you had, you felt like you actually had real friends and that we weren't just using you for the pizza and the beer money. When we brought people over, we had, that was cool though. We once had like Jimmy five, uh, over, right? Yeah. We had actual guests. We had the big round table Lucha versus WWE thing once. And, Brought Zach in, then Casey yeah. took him into the bathroom for 10 minutes. But people can listen to the archives. We don't have to go down memory lane. So um, people want to know what's next for Connor. So Connor lost, but he lost the right way. It was a good fight. Everybody made a pile of money. They're looking at the numbers still. UFC uh, had some glitches with their website with ordering, but they're still believing that it is going to come in and break the record. I don't know if all the official numbers are in, but um, I've heard all the way up to, I think Dana said 6.5, which if that is actually true would be amazing. Uh, but I think breaking the 4.6 is most likely what happened. Biggest fight ever, biggest payday for athletes ever. Connor stands to make over 100 million. Uh, Floyd stands to make over 250 million. Showtime will probably make a couple hundred million. Uh, UFC is probably going to make close to 100 million on it. Um, it's a lot of money, guys. It's a lot, a lot of money. Um, and considering that UFC pay-per-views are doing like 235,000 compared to 4.6 millions or whatever, um, it's a big, big jump. And there's a reason why UFC did that. For promoting one fighter in a fight, they probably made more money than their last two or three pay-per-views combined. That's not true, though. The, the John Jones DC pay-per-view did really good. Um, and we're going to talk about John Jones. Should we have John second. Jones versus a cup of pee for the next? Big... We'll get there. We'll get there. Don't jump the gun. Let me talk about where Connor goes from here first, and then we'll talk about John Jones. Justin, what? Where do you think Connor goes from here? Okay, so you know where I think Connor goes from here. Um, 
there's a lot of talk about this Nate Diaz thing. Nate would have to come down to 155, and there's a huge problem with that fight. Connor is the lightweight champion. Nate Diaz does not deserve a lightweight title shot. So you have a problem. If Connor comes back and takes the money fight, do you strip him again? That ain't going to go over good with the fans. That's not going to make anyone happy. So I, I think that honestly, the best case scenario for Conor McGregor is Kevin Lee beats Tony El Kukui Ferguson, which is a very slim chance. And that if that happens, for sure, Conor would fight Kevin Lee. I think that the next best option for him after that is not to fight El Kukui if El Kukui wins, which I believe is most likely what's going to happen. Not to fight Nate, but to actually wait for the Bisbing GSP fight and then fight GSP after, regardless of whether GSP wins. If GSP loses, I think it's just a huge money fight that you can make. Everyone will say, oh, GSP went up to a weight class that was too high for him. Bring him back down. Have Connor and GSP fight at 170 pounds. If GSP wins and beats Bisping for the belt, as much as it would fuck over the whole division, GSP is not going to want to fight any of those 185-pound guys. The money fight would be Connor versus GSP for the 185 belt. Mm -hmm. Three weight classes above where Connor started, and it would be hilarious and amazing, and it would make piles of money. It would, also, would be so fat. Oh, my God. It would also probably be actually very competitive. Believe it or not, GSP and Connor are around the same size, though GSP obviously carries a lot more muscle and, and good lean, lean muscle. Um, I, I think that that's a smart fight. Otherwise, yes, the Nate fight is good, but the Nate fight presents Dana and the UFC with, with a lot of huge problems because if you make that for the belt, no one's going to feel the legitimacy of that being a title fight, and you're going to have some other interim champion running around at the same time with a belt that becomes a huge huge problem if connor does not defend that lightweight belt and fights nate in a trilogy fight um they either most likely they just have to strip connor because for connor to save face and say that he's still a champion and have his talking points but man having your biggest star walking around without their belt Seems stupid too. So as much as a lot of people want to see that Nate Connor three fight, you just got to think about what that does to the legitimacy of the whole sport right now. I think that fight is great. Um, but I'd like to see Connor come back, have one fight. And then for St. Patrick's day, I have a feeling he's going to box Pauly Malinaji. I think that's going to happen. And I think it's going to happen on St. Patrick's day. Mark my words. Cause I believe St. Patrick's day is a Saturday next year. All mm. right. What's the breaking news, Byron? The breaking news is apparently John Jones pissed. No, no, no. Blood was blood. clean uh, post-match. So like 24 hours after a dirty piss sample, his blood tested clean. So you're telling me that the more accurate determining, determining factor for drug use came up clean. Yeah, and it was post-fight. So... So now what do they do? What, what, if you're, what if you're putting the steroids directly up your dickhole? <laughs> well, maybe that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, you're just pissing them all out into the drug testing cup. Um, I don't know. From what uh, it's just, it's a wrench in the whole like whole story of he's a dirty fighter. You know, 
there's a lot more questions all of a sudden. Well, look, a lot of fighters are dirty. Let's just be honest. Well, yeah. And the question is, What's well, the four years? That's what that's what's at stake here. How how is a guy that's this far up in the game not able to piss clean for looks when everyone else can? <laughs> I mean, that's the real question, right? So you think like, why maybe, doesn't he have better doctors? Is really the question, right? Like he got taken care of for his blood, but he couldn't he couldn't clean his pee before he put it before he got tested. I don't know, man. Some, somebody, somebody's somewhere screwed up, whether it's John Jones, because he's doing bad things, whether it's the people who help John Jones do bad things, not doing their job good enough to help him do bad things the right way. Like everyone else does, whether or not it's actually some kind of conspiracy because somebody's trying to screw over John Jones. I mean, DC, he's not above cheating. This is the same motherfucker that leaned on a towel. I don't care about yeah. how much he's crying and how much everyone is talking about how DC is some saint and some angel now because he got his face beat in, cried like a bitch on TV, and then you know went on to have to have faced this big cheater. Like, come on, man. You're you're an Olympic-level wrestler. You beat up on Cain Velasquez to, in the gym so much to the point where you guys are always hurt. Like, that's no excuse. I don't care yeah. if John Jones is a freaking cyborg. Come on. Either you is win or you don't win. Isn't um, DC still trying to like? He still says he's open for a match, regardless of the of the results. I think he was saying something about that. He yeah, wants to yeah. have another. No, look, look, I, I kid. I'm I'm busting balls. DC is actually a quality stand up guy for the most part, as far as professional athletes go. He's better than probably ninety percent of them, personality wise, and as an actual human being. But he's a cheater too. Leaning on the towel, total cheating. Don't care what he says. That's, that's an old school wrestling move. I've leaned on a towel before. I know it's cheating. <laughs> so anyway, the the moral of the story though is the verdict is now back out again. He was guilty before proven innocent. Now he's innocent before being proven guilty and basically nothing has been proven, period. John Jones may in fact not be a dirty cheat. Maybe. Officially. I don't know. Casey, what are you doing with that phallus over there? You don't know? It's not working? All right. Last thing I got to talk about today before we get out of here, and it's a big one. Invicta FC last night. Freaking phenomenal again. They had several fighters fall out, and here's one of the things about Invicta that I find completely amazing is that somehow fighters will fall out, but they will find credible replacements and turn in great fights with short notice replacements like other promotions can't seem to pull this off ufc tries to do it at times but it, it seems to be a bit harder for them and the matchups in invicta are so even that what you get is just really exciting fights all the time uh and it's surprising like the booking over there shannon knapp and julie kenzie and whoever's doing all the booking it's amazing did you guys see any of the Invicta last night? No, I dude. Saw, I, I feel I, the same way as you about all of it, actually. He, he did. I, I was at school, dude. I was Some learning. Surprises. I was well, learning how to be a school teacher, man. That's all. Let me let me give you some of the finer points. Uh, first big one, homegirl, uh, Yaya yeah. Rincon. She she did well. She did amazing and this is really only her second pro fight uh if you haven't listened before i was at her first pro fight and i sat right next to her mother um and her family so 
you know, you want to talk about added interest into a fight, sit next to somebody's mom when they're going into their first professional fight and tell me that it doesn't make it a little more exciting. And Yaya took risks and she was getting damaged a little bit in that fight and she pulled out the win and it was amazing. And then the same thing was happening here. She, Yaya has like this, this cowboy Cerrone kind of thing going on where she is a little bit wild and she goes in and she takes some shots and she, she has some risks, but then she turns on the vicious streak, like pride era Vandalay Silva and just like goes, you know, with aggression and technique, but with like just that pure aggression into the standup and then finally gets guys down and, and, you know, has this ground and pound vicious style on the ground, which is how, you know, she won last night. And, Man, I thought she was going to beat that girl's poor face in. Um, so I just find the, the, I think the whole thing, um, the whole thing, the whole fight was very interesting. So, and it was exciting. This is why she's going to be hopefully a future champion because not every fighter this early in their career can be this exciting and still get the job done. You know, a lot of them either just go in and totally dominate because, they're way above the other people that are coming in similarly ranked. And she was facing off against another one and no girl who's undefeated so far. And uh, it was a good fight. Um, the other big fights, uh, Hinata Olivia Sosa, vicious, just beast. She is just the toughest thing ever. And when she watched the ring, she's just freaking scary. Uh, she defeated a fellow Brazilian who came in on kind of short notice. Also, I believe who's undefeated. Uh, Janessa, more engine um who's a tough tough girl but sosa just is just mean she's freaking nasty that girl is awesome and then um what was surprising is i thought uh, raquel paula louis was going to win the belt the 135 belt was open but uh yana kunitskaya who is a jackson wink uh protege or protege whatever she won the fight and it was like they came in evenly matched, but this just goes to show you when you've got, um, when you've got Winklejohn and Jackson in your corner, and you're evenly matched with the person across from you, you're going to win because of the camp. This the 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 game plans that those guys come up with are just phenomenal. And that's what it came down to. Raquel got her nose broken a little bit earlier in the fight. And she looked like she had all the same skills necessary to win that fight. But uh, Kunitskaya, I think just had better coaching. She had better guys in her corner. She knew what the positions were that were going to get her the win. And she grinded it out and got the win. Um, and the last interesting thing about it is, um, which I'm sure if you watch Invicta, you probably heard about the slight malfunction that happened <laughs> in one of the earlier fights with uh, Elise Anderson and Shino Van Hoos. They got to do something about this. You can talk all you want about the Reebok stuff in UFC, but it feels like UFC has the wardrobe thing figured out for the ladies. And this was a very unfortunate situation for Elise that, uh, she she completely lost her top at one point in time. Um, I'm sure it's great for Invicta ratings, but not what you want when you're a professional fighter. And then she ended up losing the fight too. Oh. I don't know that that moment really took her out of out of the game so much. Um, she was kind of in some bad positions in the scrambles. I also thought the fight was much closer than the judges had it, and I, I didn't really know who won the fight. I kind of felt like she had, 
But um, I think Invicta has got to seriously take a look at some of their wardrobe policies. I also thought the uh, the the shorts that Kunitskaya was wearing that had this weird like t-shirt flap on the back that were making grabs and stuff kind of hard. I think that those should have been banned also. Like I think that Invicta needs to lock it down and go with a standardized format. Still let people have their sponsors, but I think they need to lock down what the the allowable attire is for mm-hmm. competition. That's it. That's all I got. You guys got anything else this week? Uh, I, I read one more thing from um, Ariel Helwani, who is oh, yeah. a reporter for MMA Hour and Beat. Uh, uh, he did He did bring up that, uh, according to sources, substance that Jones tested positive for in his 7-28, July 28th urine test, usually only shows in urine. And so oh, the one man. that he passed was blood, and maybe it just doesn't Fucking show up on that one. Fa- fake news Helwani over here. Jesus Christ. So it, developing, though. Developing dot, dot, dot. Stay tuned to hour seven of this podcast. We'll read more of his tweets. No, we're freaking done. We're, done. we're done. It's lunchtime, so bro. It's, it's so not done. lunchtime. It's almost three o'clock. It's dinner time for you, then. Go eat something. Yeah, wait, you Guys, ate through the whole podcast, you fat bastard. I worked out right beforehand. I did like five push-ups. Guys, I, oh, hold on. Here's another That's one. A lot of weight. Did I say congrats to Yaya Rincon yet? Congrats. Congrats. <laughs> Good fight. So, uh, as hell. guys, I texted Josh Pillow and I said we had a, like an hour ago and I said we had a really good Josh Pillow uh, session today. We cut it really short. We gave you a shout out. You think you'd really like it. And, and so He's I heard this part of that, though. I know, but like when I told him that we were done and we cut it short and he should check it out and he was only halfway through. There's literally no version of this that he can't start without seeing how long it is. Like every piece of technology that we're available on tells you how long the show is before you start listening to it. Yeah, but that moment beforehand, before he goes to that part, he's going to think, oh, great. They did it short and then he's going to see five hours long and then he'll, that's, I got him. (laughs) <laughs> he just Look, got MMM showed. You got MMM. You got oomed, motherfucker. You got oomed. Delicious. Delicious. <laughs> Your tears are delicious. All right. For at Lucha Gringo, for at Byron Fever, I am Catch at it. Justin Harvey 75. So until next time, stay calm and stay in the mix. 